0: Good morning, it is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark, he's Griffin. Much to do on the program today. And then tonight, the Tyus Bowser Show. Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. We kick off at 7 o'clock. I I get messages, I get inundated with people, hey, who's Tyus' guest? We think we know who it is. But until it's like triple confirmed... We don't want to say, hey, this person said yes, and Tyus always wants to make sure that like, he's triple confirmed that a person is coming out. And based on who the person would be, I don't blame him, because it's a significant guest that would be joining him. So we're not saying anything yet, but we're expecting to have a great night tonight, Guilford Hall Brewery and Station North, 7 o'clock, for the Tyus Bowser Show, a partnership of Press Box and Grade 8's memorabilia, brought to you by problem.org and Superbook Sports. Hoping that I can get this man out to a Tyus Bowser show. He, he's basically a character on the show anyway because I reference the conversations that I have with him so frequently, so we figured we might as well just go ahead and do it on the show. He is, of course, Baltimore Zone, the star of stage and screen. Our friend Mr. Josh Charles is with us this morning. What's going on, buddy? How are you?
1: Glenn, good morning, my friend, Griff.
0: Good morning. I, uh how did you have a did you have a restful fast? Everything good? Yeah, I was down in Baltimore actually. I came down for the uh
1: the weekend. I brought my son and we went to the game on Sunday, unfortunately. and yeah. then uh and uh you know, watched uh, a little baseball Friday and Saturday and um yeah, it was nice. We just I, got back last night, but it was uh, it was always an, always nice to be home. I I Hoping appreciate to come down some more.
0: Josh and I are in agreement. Like we've said, what needs to be said. It it stinks that the Ravens lost, but we've said what needs to be said, and I think we're in agreement that like it doesn't really tell us all that much about the Ravens. So
1: yeah, yeah. I mean that's kind of what I love. I love texting you is I feel like you have such a good, just such a good point of view about it, and and can ground me because I when it finished and I left and. I realize, you know, I'm 52 years old and I'm with my son. So I'm trying to be very careful about how I process the game. Cause I tend to get very emotional. Uh, <laughs> and, and I think, I think it's sometimes just you got to get a little bit of a gut check saying, Hey, is, is what we saw? Like, I don't think we're crazy. Right. I think we're onto something. We just got to believe, let it happen. This is a weird hiccup. Yeah, so many things went wrong, you know, uh, that you just have to say, Hey, I'm going to judge this team by the next three weeks right, you know, and see right, where we're at. Right. Right? I think we've got really big games coming up. If there's ever a time to just put that one in the past and look forward, we've got a tough defense to face and then another tough defense to face, and then we're going to London. So I, I think these are the next three weeks we're going to learn a lot more about this team, every, all, all, all angles. Um, and hopefully we get some guys back. That's but, yeah. the part.
0: Yep. That, and that's where we, if if these dudes were all going to be out for the season, then I'd be panicked. But the assumption but, that they're coming back, I think they're going to be okay. So we can we can deal with that, and you and I will obviously have plenty of opportunities to talk more. But in the meantime, uh, the Orioles, the magic number of three, get back on the field tonight for a short series. Actually, it's a three-game series against the Nationals. And, um I, I you know. Y- I am in a you are basically the face of this like when people think of Baltimore sports fans they think of you very high on the list right I wonder if you can explain what this has meant to you because unlike me you were actually old enough to remember I'm not trying to age you but as you just pointed out like you know you were alive a little bit before I was <laughs> you it's actually a lot before I'm you, old Yeah you have memories of the Orioles winning a World Series I was you know a month old when it occurred
1: right exactly you're my wife so, yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's sort of um right you just you guys both just turned 40 this year so no it, it's true it's hard to put into words I, I know you wrote beautifully about it in press box um and and i you know we we've texted about it i've talked to stan about it and you know it, it, it's what an incredible gift we're given to be able to experience this with our children right because mm. they they've lived through so many bad Oriole teams and to, to see not only just an incredible season, but the nucleus that is here for this team, that if if we're able to keep it together and, you know, that's a whole separate conversation, hopefully we can. um, But that, that this could be um, theirs for a long time to enjoy. It's overwhelming, honestly. And, and if I talk too much about it, you know, I might get emotional because I was watching this video yesterday on the train. You know, there was one of these little MLB videos where they, they did a whole thing about the Orioles and going to the playoffs and different players talking and Elias was talking and and Hyde and they went into the history of the, the Orioles championships. And it, it's it's it just gives you goosebumps, man. I mean you think about like we waited a long time and so I think about if the Orioles can actually do this whether it's this season, you know, or in the next few seasons, it's going to be an incredibly cathartic emotional experience for me. And I'm sure many others, because, you know, it's, it's just this too, it's, it's too much also about the city. You know, it's such a connection to the city, this team, when the Colts left, it's all we had. Um, You know, I I think that, that bond just deepened even more. And then with the crown jewel of, of, of Camden yards, you know, coupled with those, beginning other than the beginning good seasons, just an historically bad run of teams that just were horrible, uh, that we had to sit through, that this love affair has never faded with, with the true fans. And and I think the fact that we can, that we're in this conversation even, right, is, is just so, it's so exciting to me. And I actually found it, I find it very moving, because I realize how much I'm affected by my sports teams. I mean, even Sundays, I was trying to explain, like, just trying to, take a couple of deep breaths, realize it's a game, you know, relax. And I always remind myself, you know, a game as upset as I am, you know, I, I can only imagine how, how Harb's, Eric and, and the team <laughs> right. feels. You know, right. <laughs> it's like you know. There's that great video of the guy from Denver. You know, is he a defensive lineman? You know, oh, Garrett balls man. the offensive seven lineman. Years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like, I've been here seven years. All I know is losing, and it's just somebody wrote. Oh, you know, hang on. Uh, Gr- Gr-
0: Griffin wants to share it again because we we love this audio. So.
2: Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Tired of losing, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been here for seven years, and all I've done is lost
0: with his deep uh, uh, Scotty McCreary voice, Garrett Bowles, who's sick of – and I don't blame him. I don't blame him. <laughs>
1: yeah, no. No, I don't blame him, and it just shows you it's like, these guys want to win just as much as the fans, if not more. You know, they're, they're, this is, they take this hard, and, and if you care about what you do, how can you not? I'll give you so – I'll, I'll give you a, little,
0: Orioles, a little basic comparison because, you know, we do the Tyus Bowser show, and every time it happens after a win – like, literally by 8 a.m. on Monday morning, Tyus is like, oh, here's who's coming out tomorrow night. They're fired up, ready to go. And every time <laughs> it happens after a loss, like today, we are sitting here on Tuesday morning waiting. <laughs> like, waiting to find <laughs> out. It's just how but it I is, get man. That. No, I'm not. Yeah. Though.
1: I mean, like, yeah. I mean, after a loss, like, after a win, Orioles, Ravens, you can't. Keep me from my computer or my phone. I want to go and read everything. I'll read every article ever written about the game, the series, the team. And if we lose, I don't want to look at anything.
0: Right. I just want to go Let's into a cocoon. Anything. Right. Let's not relive it. Let's. You
1: know what? I'm not, I, I saw it. I, I watched it. I don't need to yeah. hear what Mike Preston has to say about it. I don't <laughs> care. Right? Like, what if we it. win?
0: I get it. After last Sunday, you know, the glory of last Sunday when the Ravens are winning in Cincinnati and the Orioles are clinching a playoff spot, I, I wanted to breathe in it for 72 hours afterwards. I wanted to just relive it as much as possible. I get it. I completely understand it, man. It, it's something. I mean, what
1: I'm – go ahead.
0: Well, something that you said in there really resonated with me, and it's, it's, I try to explain it to people because it's not like, you know, what you say about the love of baseball in Baltimore being a baseball town. I I feel like what's missed is, and I'll make this comparison because I'll I'll here we go. Tomorrow, Cal Ripken is on the show, right? And oh wow, I don't get emotional. Like I I have great reverence for, and I've gotten to know Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and Jonathan Ogden and guys like that over the years, and I appreciate it when they call in. But I get emotional every time uh, I find out the Cal's calling in because like it's it's a part of life. Baseball like football is an event. And it's great, and for what we do for, you know, what I do for a living, it's wonderful because you can talk about football for an entire week, and there's a different storyline every day, but it only happens once a week, whereas baseball is intrinsically, like, part of your life. You invite Mm -hmm. these broad, you know, you invited Gary Thorne and Jim Palmer and now Kevin Brown and Ben McDonald into your home for three hours every night. During the course of a summer, and these players yep. they are a part of who you are and baseball because of it, I think drives deeper emotions, which doesn't mean it's not special I, I like I don't want it to sound like I'm trashing football, but the the comparison of how much investment, how much time you spend with a baseball team it, it will never be the exact same when it comes to football because you spend so much time with these guys and hearing their stories. For hours yeah. every evening, and I think it does drive an emotion that's a little bit deeper and a little bit closer, surely because the amount of volume that exists for baseball
1: I agree i mean I think that's well said I, I would just add to it that I think part of it is also that just baseball is 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 more reflective of life in the sense of that it's built around failure you know what I mean that that you have like i mean just any given day you you you, you you know, a guy gets three hits out of 10, right? I mean, he's failing 7% of the time and he's an all-star. I mean, just the idea that it—that the ebb and flow of it and that it's every day, right? And so that you have a bad day, you get back up. I, I feel like it's like why actors, why we love doing the theater, you know what I mean? It's, it's like, you know, you, you just, nothing's permanent, right? You just, you, you keep going and you have that chance as a baseball team to kind of keep going and work through that. Whereas football, being that it's a week apart, right? there's so much emphasis put on each game, right? There's so, each game is so important. And so the whole week in between is, is just, I find it brutal, you know, like, uh, so thank God for the Orioles this week, because I think for a fan base that most of us, I think we're level-headed agree with us that like, let, let's, let's say that's a hiccup, but the fact that we have the Orioles to focus on this week and try to clinch this division, we got, you know, magic number of three. Think about that. We haven't had that in a long time to be able to to not just think about the ravens for the week like let the ravens go figure it out let them get better you know <laughs> figure it all out and we can just focus on the orioles and just emotionally what that will help us as fans i think is pretty huge I love that. so thank you orioles for that as well
0: all right he's mr josh charles he is with us here on gcr Josh, with that said, let's dive into some Orioles stuff this week. And I'm actually, uh, yeah. unbeknownst to you, I might rope you into something we're doing for Press Box because we've asked uh, yeah, a lot of, of our course. own personalities to share uh, team MVP and runner-up for the season. Ooh. So right. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this to you because I just turned mine in yesterday, and I struggled with it. Like Stan and I had a conversation on Friday, and I know you listen a lot. I don't know if you heard the conversation that we had on Friday. And he yeah. he came to the table with four candidates, and my guy literally wasn't on his list. And I then I think I actually talked talk, about Braddish, yeah, Bradish? And, and I think I talked. Yeah, into
1: no, no, and I, I he was like, "You make a lot of really good points," and you did. I was listening to it, thinking the same thing. I mean, he would have been on my list. I mean, my list is is I can't remember exactly who you, the four you guys had, but it's Braddish, Bautista, Adley, and Gunner, right? Mm-hmm. It's one of those four, and I feel like. What I, I think Bradish, you know, just that full-on ace material, the consistency that he's brought, I think he's like, what, a 4.3 war, right? I yep. mean, is that right for correct. the year? Like that what I think
0: correct, that is correct. I looked up. I, here, I'm going to – I'll give you what I said about Bradish real quick, right? I'm like, I'll just mm-hmm. give it away. Bradish's 4.3 war is actually sixth among all pitchers in baseball this season, which is staggering. He's been the ace we've clamored for. The numbers he's posted are the best for an Oriole starter since Messina – in 1992, 31 yeah, exactly. years ago, was the last time we saw a pitching season like this from a Baltimore Oriole. Yep. Who's your guy? That's amazing. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking
1: the the thing about Bautista is, I mean, if you look at those losses, you know, on this last road trip, I mean, I think that's that that makes a case for him as MVP, right? Because I think we win two of those games if he's still here pitching and maybe we've already clinched it. I mean, I'm serious. I don't, I think you have to, you have to think about him as well and put him in the conversation. And then on the offensive side, to me, it's between Gunner and it's between Adley. And I guess, you know, I lean towards Gunner because he's just been such a revelation this year. I mean, obvious rookie of the year. I mean, you know what does he have a 5.9 WAR this year? The discipline at the plate, versatility in the infield, his power, hustle, but above all else, I would give it to him for if for no other reason alone his passion and his energy. His passion and his energy on the field, the way he plays is so contagious. You can feel it. What it does the teammates. As a fan, I'm blown away by it because so many of these guys are just they they they. They've been kept in check to keep their emotions and they keep everything close. And you see this guy, it's like watching a little league game. I mean, he really is, is out there, he is excited, and and I love that. You know, it, when he when he doesn't get a hit, you see him yelling at himself, you know, <laughs> when he when he makes a triple, he's banging his hand into the into the plate. I, I can't get enough of that. So I, I love him. I cannot believe he's only batting two fifty eight. I was looking up and asking Griff before he uh, well, came and, on.
0: And so much of that is because of the first month and a half of the season, right? Yeah, that's so. what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, he's
1: batting. I mean, he had a little dip in September, but from July he's basically been a two eighty-six hitter with the little dip in September bringing it back. But then you go Adley because I feel like he's kind of the forgotten man a little bit this year because of the conversation of Bradish, the conversation of Gunner, the consistency that he brings, what he, how he helps that pitching staff, and his clutch hitting, I don't know. I, I, I'm going to have to go either Gunner or Adley, and I'm probably going to go Gunner just because, you know, Adley had it last year. Did he win MVP last yeah, year? Yeah, Adley was Adley. MVP last yeah. year. Yeah, so I'm giving it to Gunnar this year. Gunnar's my vote. I know it's probably the most obvious one, and I think I'd be happy with Bradish as well but I'm I'm giving it to Gunner.
0: For the record, I do think Gunner is going to win. And I say that in what I wrote. Like Gunner's my runner up and I I think he's going to win the award. And I don't think I have everything you said is extraordinarily meaningful to me, right? Like in determining yeah. it, when we when we approach the question from who has had the biggest impact on the success of this team, I will absolutely understand the nature of guy that's playing every day that is table setter, that is, you know, straw that stirs the drink, all of those things, right? Like, I'm mm-hmm. I'm probably approaching it more from who's been most outstanding, like who's done their job at the highest level of anyone, and that's why I think Braddish is my guy. But from the, like, who's, what they brought to the table has impacted the team the most. Uh, you know, for a yeah. little while, for what it's worth, it would have been Mullins, right? Like, Mullins was going to be yeah, there yeah. for a bit. and well, you know, just a shame. Didn't heard, yeah.
1: But he still had some incredibly. I mean, the exciting thing about whoever it is, right? All of these guys, and I put Mullins in it too. I I am so excited to see however far we go, and I really don't have any idea, right? I mean, I really don't. I know you were talking yesterday about. You know, do we sit? And we were texting back and forth about even if even if Atlanta yeah. runs away with it, like if they get knocked off for some reason, which could happen. It's not crazy. I mean, things weird things happen. We still got to battle for the second best record because that could be meaningful,
0: right?
1: You know, uh, with us and the Dodgers uh, potentially duking that second position out. But I, I I can't wait to see what some of these guys do in the postseason because I think. Gunner and Adley for that matter but again Guttner is just the new one so it's it's easier to talk about this year. He is I, I mean I think to me he's looking at one of the looking at this point to be one of the all-time great Orioles along with Adley, right? And to to think that he in his first full season is going to have playoffs to be able to display that talent. I I'm giddy thinking about what this kid might do in the playoffs, right? The kind of heroics that this kid might show um I, I just can't wait. I can't wait to see it. I really want us to win the division. I think we need that rest. Um I'm curious to ask you, you know, you were talking yesterday about Bautista, you know, and that if we if we that that you know, I, I forget who you had on, but he was saying, you know, you don't you don't obviously want to put him in the playoffs, even if he can and I know it's a long shot to come back as his first game back. So maybe if we clinch that three of, Three games in between, we could sort of put him out there and see if he's feeling it. But I don't know. Like, what are you you hearing anything else about that?
0: I'm really struggling with it. It Was it was Steve Johnson, right, who was on the former Orioles? Right, Steve. Right, Steve Johnson. Right. right Yeah. So what I've heard is like they really are inclined to sort of let him dictate this, right? Like that they are they're taking their cues from him on this one and how he feels. And I think Steve's point. So what Josh just brought up and what Steve and I were talking about yesterday, it all kind of meshes together. Steve's point was, hey, if you clinch, then the games maybe aren't as important this weekend against the Red Sox. And you could take one of them and say, maybe not the ninth inning, maybe not the highest leverage, but say the seventh inning, put Felix Batista in Friday night in the seventh inning and just see how he feels. And if he comes out of it and, like, the delivery is strong and he is touching in the upper 90s and he comes out of it feeling fine or as fine as he can given the circumstances, then maybe you let him pitch again on Sunday. And then if you've sort of crossed that threshold of, okay, he's pitched twice in three days and he came out of it no worse for wear and he says, thumbs up, I'm ready to go, then perhaps you could say, all right, he's our closer again for the postseason, which, as we were discussing throughout the course of the show yesterday, now, Josh, your point is relevant, which is, well, those games aren't meaningless, even if the Braves have locked up the number one seed. To your point, you know, trying to make sure you finish with a better record than the Dodgers is still relevant, because if the Dodgers beat the Braves in the NLCS, then you want to have you know, home field advantage for the World Series against the Dodgers, and that does matter. Now, a lot of people have pointed out the Orioles. I've gotten that from a lot of people. Hey, the Orioles have the best road record in baseball besides Atlanta. Like I, I get it, but you still don't want to sign up for a potential Game 7 on the road in the World Series. You'd still rather have that in Baltimore. So I, I thought Absolutely. this I thought this through, and I kind of came away with the idea that Steve's point, even if the games matter – I do think is relevant because I think right now you're, and, and I don't know how you feel, but I think all of us are struggling with the idea that Yenny or Cano is just the closer going into the post season because it's been so rough in September. And I know Steve said, yeah. Hey, get him a little rest. And, you know, hopefully that settles him back down and he's been overworked. And if you can get him back to that place, he was really good in August. But if there is any chance that Felix Batista can be Felix Batista my God, like you're giving any opportunity for that. So I think his thought process, his strategy of trying to pitch Batista this weekend makes a lot of sense. Like purposely saying, no matter what, we want to put him in the seventh inning. Even if you're winning by 10 runs, even if you're losing by 10 runs, we want Felix, it's almost like a spring training game at that point.
1: Yeah, just see what he's doing, right? right. See how he looks, see how he's feeling, how, how he feels just out there with live action. I mean, my question to you is, is what, what happens, like, let's say we do clinch, you know, first game of the Boston series mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, what is the thought process, and I don't, I don't think you talked about this with Steve yesterday, but forgive me if you did, because I was listening to most of it, is, uh, in terms of resting our guys, is there some conversation about not wanting to rest them too much either, because if we win the division, yeah. we got a whole week off, right? Yeah. And so how do you balance that? Are the guys just going to get warm ups during the week? Like, what would we do, like, on that Saturday-Sunday? You know, like, what, what would happen well, I, in those I, final I, few games? I
0: think the truth is there's only so much re- – this isn't – like, this is very different, obviously, than three or four years ago where the rosters would expand to 40 guys in September. Right. There's there's only so much rest you can give these guys over the weekend, right? Like, you, you can only – Exactly. You can't call up – you can't – you know, in Norfolk could be done on by Thursday, but you can't just call up a bunch of guys and say, hey, you come play for the weekend – because the rosters only expand to 28 now. So I I think they're going to have to play no matter what, even if there was a thought that you'd like to get. I, I think at this point it's who's banged up. I, I think, for example, it Adley would almost certainly get a day off between Saturday or Sunday, and a, like a true day sure. off, like a day where he's not even DHing, Um, because I think they would like to, you know, he's been taxed more than any other player has been on this roster this season. So if they were to clinch by sure. Friday – I would be surprised if he caught another game the rest of the season. Although it is night game, oh man, they do have a night game Saturday and a day game Sunday, so they might not have a choice there. But to have him catch one of those two games, because right. you know, you, I don't know if you can ask McCann to catch a, a day game after a night game either. But I. But think, do you
1: think though, Glenn? But do you think? I'm sorry, but yeah. do you think that like if that's the case, if, if we've got the division lined up, I think he, I think Hyde plays him Saturday because he's got he's got a whole week off. I mean, I, I think that's huge i I would want to i would be worried about a team this young with a lacking playoff experience falling into getting a a little cold during the week you know like i mean i would want to make sure that like he's and i'm just i guess i'm curious about that in terms of like what what that means for our pitching staff it's
0: something yeah it's something that they'll have to address but I, i hear i hear exactly what you're saying they haven't been there before they've never been in a situation where they've had to take a week off and then start playing baseball again um, right so yeah does this this is the eternal right rest versus rust you know sports radio a, conversation general
1: vibe glenn what's the general vibe amongst just everyone in baseball players coaches even fans about this this new change to the to the postseason rosters are people generally in favor of it i, I don't i haven't really been reading a lot i'm curious like that's a huge difference from 40 to 28 i mean so like what's the what's the thinking behind it and and how 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 is like Brandon Hyde feel about that this was a big happy
0: with that yeah this was a big thing for Buck and Buck and I have talked about it a lot over the years and I think Mm -hmm. in general like there's a lot of teams that would tell you the teams that are bad right now hate it like they would rather be using this opportunity to look at as many of their young players as they possibly can and get them some at-bats at the major league level they they all hate it but the teams that are good the argument is it's unfair, right? Like, you're you're, mm-hmm. you're playing a different sport in September than you were playing in, in April. All of a sudden in September, you're talking about AAA games, and so you're competing for a playoff spot, and you happen, the schedule works out that you're playing a good team, whereas the team that you're going up against, I, I'll give it who do the Rays play this week, Griffin? Who do they have? I know they have, the Blue, up, J- right? they have the Blue Jays this drama. coming weekend. And then uh, Boston yeah. tonight. Boston tonight. They have Boston, two against Boston. Right. So, right. So, in this in this former scenario you're the Orioles trying to lock up the division and the Rays since Boston's eliminated are playing against a triple a team right like they're playing right. against triple a baseball players and so bucks argument on both sides cuz he argued it when the Orioles were good and when the Orioles were bad was it shouldn't right. be this way like that's i there's always going to be elements of it there are teams that are going to put a guy on the injured list before the season is over because they're dealing with something, and they get eliminated, and it's not worth it, or they want to go ahead and let that guy have surgery, or whatever it is. Those things happen. But to have a completely different roster take the field,
3: yeah,
0: I think mm-hmm. Buck's point was always quite relevant, and it wasn't just Buck. like It was shared by a lot of people throughout baseball. Sure. It just always depends on what your circumstances are. Once you've clinched, the no. the Braves would probably like to play some of those guys, but...
1: Yeah, exactly. No, I appreciate you explaining it more to me because I honestly just I wasn't even aware that it happened. I I didn't follow it that closely, so I'm. I, it makes total sense. I mean, for us now, it's going to become a question of of whether we go balanced or unbalanced and its pitching or, or right. It's like mm-hmm. these are like. I mean, who who do you think is going to be the odd man out here?
0: Um, I, I boy, it's funny because the obvious answer answer was Flaherty, and then he pitched out of the bullpen, and you said, well, I. Maybe there's something there. So, okay, let's take this from, uh, from two layers. We're chatting with Josh Charles here on GCR. I'll begin. The rotation at the moment, to me, Gibson's back in and Kramer's out. And that's a tough thing for me to say, but this goes back to the, I thought the subplot of September was everyone's competing. That it, at the, going into September, Kyle Bradish was the only guy that was guaranteed a playoff rotation spot. Yeah. Every, everyone else had to compete. Um, while Grayson wasn't great his last time out, Grayson's certainly been good enough that as long as his arm doesn't fall enough fall off, he's in the playoff sure.
1: rotation. Wait, but you're saying odd man out, Glenn, about starting rotation, not about Kramer you still see on the I team would still and even think in a relief that, capacity. But,
0: but then we start to get to the point where but how many long men are you going to be able to carry on a playoff roster? Exactly,
1: right? exactly. That's that's tricky so, part, right? So exactly. you
0: have Kramer, you have Flaherty, who, again, has already pitched in the role and, and pitched well. And I'm not – I get it. None of us feel good about Jack Flaherty, but he did go out and prove that he could do it. And I, I Cole Irvin, it's easy to say, okay, well, Cole Irvin's probably the guy that's left out in this, right? Like, you can only have so many long men on your roster – and you'd probably be inclined to say it's Kramer and it's Flaherty and Cole Irvin's the odd man out. And that's tough because Cole Irvin has been a good soldier this season and has done what you've asked for. And then you start thinking about, well, who's taking the roster spot that Cole Irvin would have? And if the answer is Fujinami, then I think that Orioles fans will be up in arms about that and say, why is Fujinami on this roster?
4: Is Bauman on your playoff roster? Probably at this point, not. Yeah. Like, and again, well, he can't. He
1: can't be. He can't be on the wild card, right? They he could.
4: They could base
0: it on uh, option. Yeah, saying somebody oh, yeah, is hurt. But they could always say somebody else right. put somebody else on IL if they wanted to. That wasn't going right. to be on a certain roster in order to get him back. But yes, I, Bauman's not a guy I'm concerned about in this process. The, the of course the the you know the other part of this is is Batista on your your division series roster. Because if he is, then at that point, there's no argument to me for Fujinami. You've got, your if Batista's on the roster and you're comfortable, Batista, Cano, Hall, Perez, you've got your back-end clone. You've got your back-end guys, right? Those are five Where- back-end guys combined with four starters. Now you've got room for a Cole Irvin to still make a playoff roster, perhaps, if you're leaving off Fujinami. Fujinami, to me, is the... I get it. I know our buddy Ryan Ripkin is a huge Fujinami guy and I see it. I like we see right. all the same things in terms of the talent. It's all there, but I don't know how anyone in the world would have any faith in putting Fujinami in a game that mattered at this point because of what the track record is. I, I it's yeah, tough. Yeah, I'm
1: with you. I I agree with you 100%. I just read what Ryan was saying about his, you know, the differences between Houston and the other teams, and what his record and what his stats are versus the other ones. If you take the Houston games out, but I still think it, it just makes me too uneasy with him in a high high pressure situation. You know, uh, you just don't know what you're going to get. What about on the offensive side? Like, what do you who do you think is going to? I mean, you know, Hurst. Her, uh, uh, what's his Lester name? Justin Kerstad.
0: You know, yeah, that's the. Yeah, that Kerstad
1: or they're going to want to
0: Yeah, to your point, I think they're going to want to keep McKenna. I think that this, for the for late defensive inning, purposes. defensive and base running. Late inning right. situation, down by a run, somebody takes a walk. They're going to, of course, use Jorge Mateo. But there could be more. Like, remember the Kansas City Royals and how they did this in the, the mid-teens. They want to have one of those guys for the ninth inning and another one for the tenth inning. And Kerstad, to me, is a little too redundant particularly as long as Mount Castle's back, right? As long as Mount Castle is okay, and that's another huge wild card going into the playoffs, I think that Kerstad's spot is the one that's sacrificed. And, and again, that'll hurt a lot of people that, you know, of course think Heston, Heston Kerstad's going to be a big part of this moving forward, but I think for value of what they bring to the table and a specific role in the postseason, the Orioles are going to prioritize McKenna over Kurstad.
1: And where is the status with with with, with Mountcastle yeah, right now? A, what what are we hearing? Is he is he going to be able to make the the playoffs? He apparently stood in.
0: Plan? He apparently stood in for a Batista bullpen session, and so like there is thought that he is getting closer. But this is this one has almost been Harbaughian, right? Like this yeah, one has yeah. been a bit more difficult because we all thought it was disastrous and season ending. And then immediately the Orioles like, nah, he doesn't even have to go on the injured list. He's completely fine. And we were like, wow, what a – boy, our emotions are in a much different place than where they were last night. And then he didn't play for five days. And he said, "Uh uh-oh. And then they put him on the injured list. And they couldn't (laughs) – the goofy part about when they put him on the injured list is they can only date it back like three days so they actually had to put him on the injured list for longer than he would have been if they had just originally put him on the injured
1: list. Right. So, Can I say so something wildly different? I was just thinking about this. Have you seen, I'm sure you guys have seen and talked about the clip of Rojas while he was being interviewed and makes the yeah. play to first.
0: Oh, yeah. And, yeah that was awesome. I, God, that was cool. It was, it was so cool. Hang on. Right? Griffin, Griffin's pulling it up that for I've people been, that haven't heard it. It's... Oh, we don't. All right, when well, he has it, you got it. What else? What else are you using from Kike? Yeah. Uh, so when Kike when Kike got traded, uh, we kind of swing the same bat, and he got a bat from Marushi that I really like, and I've been like using his bats and his gets here, and I don't think it's been uh, a surprise that uh, as soon as I start, sorry guys, I need to make this play real quick. <laughs> it <sucks. laughs> Dude, it's okay. so great. We're comfortable. God, it's so great. <laughs>
1: But I got to say something, seeing that and how baller and cool, of course that is, <laughs> I have noticed that even with the Orioles this year when they've done that or a few other teams, the, there needs to be a rule that if you're Kevin Brown, whoever you are, you need to shut up. <laughs>
0: right. The balls
1: ball being pitched. <laughs> right. I just don't – as much as cool as it was, it's not a good practice to be having. The I, guys need to focus on the game. I'm all for making the experience cool. But shut up as the ball's being hit. <laughs> no questions. What about I, your bat?
0: Okay. I the argument bananas. is Okay, wait, wait, wait. I'll I'll play devil's advocate for a second. The cool Please. part is hearing what it is that these guys are saying. Like when there is a for example, when they're talking to an outfielder mm. and and the, you're talking to a right fielder and the ball is a fly ball to center field and you get to hear what the conversation is like. Like what they're yelling out in that moment and then it feels like you're in the game. Like, that part is cool. Your point can still be relevant, which is, all right, well, listen in on that, but don't stop asking questions. It's like, you know. That,
1: that, no, I'm totally I, – I, I agree with you. Like, if you're Aaron Hicks and you're mic'd up and the ball's going out to Mullen, then start talking to Hicks. He's not in on the play. He'll hear what he's saying. That's fine. It's all about, like, you don't know where the ball's going. It could go anywhere, right? And so – as it's pitching, everybody should be focused on the same thing, right? And I think these guys get carried away, and I've seen it numerous times. Where mm-hmm. They're talking to guys as the pitch is being thrown. And it's too – I mean, that was an example where the guy just obviously made a pretty great play, and it wasn't that crazy of a play, but still it was nice yeah. and made it look cool. But I don't, I don't know. I think that could easily go the other way too. It's such an instinctual thing. you got to react fast. And the last thing you need
0: to be doing is talking and right, answering the Right, Worrying about something else. Makes I me uncomfortable. I, so. I understand what you're saying. It'll be interesting to see how they do that in the postseason because you know there's going to be more of that uh, during every yeah, exactly. game. And guys are going to be mic'd up. I think it's better suited. I've always thought it was the, the better way to do it. And I know it was an awkward interview, but like the thing from the game last week where they had um, Amin and A.J. Perzinski talking to Kyle Bradish and that – like, Braddish is not the perfect person for this. As good as he is at pitching, he's not ever, like, the one war- – he is a bulldog, right? Like, he is right. not the the friendly, over-the-top, I've-got-stories-to-tell-you type. And they ran out of things to talk about with Kyle Braddish pretty quickly, and it was a really long inning, and it led to, like, this awkward – Let's just start saying things and see if it can get you to like start talking about it. It was uncomfortable, but I still think that thought process is the better way to do these in-game interviews. Whoever's not pitching sure. that night is the best way to do it. It still gets you great insight great. about the team. It's well, still a player. hundred percent right.
1: And then there's But I wanna be clear though. I wanna be clear though. I-, I like I like them interviewing guys in the field. I think it's very cool. And I can understand like if you're a kid and you're watching, what a neat thing to be able to experience. I'm just saying there should be a collective rule that everybody's doing the interview. It's all fine. Ask them whatever you want. And we're all paying attention to the same thing yeah. as, as the people calling the game. So as the guy's pitching, we're just quiet. And we know that that's the unspoken rule. Like, we'll talk up until that point, and then we'll let you play the game. I, I don't know. That To me, it's – I get I think- it. That guy makes an error. What happens
0: now? They're going to stop doing that. All the managers going to stop doing it's it. Say you know, we can't because, have this anymore. Right, my guy's not completely focused yeah. on the game. I, it's a, it is a yeah, fair, I, relevant point, right? And I, I like get, to know what Buck. I like to know what Buck thinks of this. By the way, oh, like you, I love to know You what Buck know, you know what Buck thinks about it. You know exactly <laughs> what Buck thinks about it. And, and that is the shame that, like, you don't. We're not in New York. Because if, if we did that, he would smile, he would laugh, he put on that wry smile and it's you know exactly what he'd want to say and he'd find some other way to say it in the way oh God, I love that man so much. I yeah. uh, not and by, by the way, want to make it very, very clear, I have great affinity for Brandon Hyde. This is
1: not a non affinity.
0: Right. I like, think Brandon, first of all, I mean I know you and Stan touched on it, but
1: Elias giving props to Duquette. And those scouts was so classy yep. and so cool and so understood as well. Like any baseball knows, like some of those guys Duquette brought in, but what, he didn't have to do that. And what a great thing to do. And I think, you know, I'll tell you, one of my son's uh, coaches, like uh, for his little baseball camp each week, the guy plays like, you know, some minor league stuff. And he's, he was saying, you know, you guys better keep that manager. And I said, yeah, I said, I really like what he's doing. He said, I said, what, 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 I didn't know you. He goes, yeah, he goes, that, that's the guy that gives me hope. Hmm. He's like, because I'm that guy, I'm going to be the guy that's going to manage. You know what I mean? That's where this guy sees his point. potential career going. And I go and I struggle and I make it and I bust it and I earn my stripes. And then what do they normally do? They get rid of that guy and they bring in Madden or yep. Buck or whomever. Yep. And he's like, you know, this is a guy that's like, you know, huge for us that are there trying to make it in this business. Pay that guy a you know a few million a year or whatever, and like get him to a long term contract. And I was like, that's a really cool thing to hear, man, because I do think he's done a great job, really great job.
0: I I think he has been selfless in all of this. I think he has been, you know, like we would joke like joke about the exact circumstances that you talk about. And he always said, I understand that might be my fate here. My fate might be that I'm Rick Renteria in Chicago. My fate might be that I'm you know Bo Porter in Houston but I'm going to do as good of a job as I possibly can in an impossible circumstance. And reading the thing that Bob Nightingale wrote at USA Today last week about him talking about the pain of the first few years was really powerful, right? And, and Brandon's, Brandon's a really likable guy. Um, but the bigger part to me is how much it has worked and how much he has understood and had the pulse of this group of players. A hundred percent. Whatever, 100%. whatever an X's and O's manager could bring to the table beyond, I, and it's so impossible for me to quantify. I say this all the time when people criticize John Harbaugh. Like, look, man, you're going to criticize every coach in football history, every single one of them, not named. But and by the way, how you feeling about Belichick post Brady? Right, and I'm not trying to say that Bill Belichick isn't the greatest coach of all time. It's just, you know, how are we feeling? Looking about a him? little more mortal. A hundred percent. So. I don't know how much of a difference a truly great X's and O's manager could make. But my guess is it's at best negligible for the trade off of having the pulse of your guys and feeding in to a culture of winning. And God if Brandon Hyde right, hasn't uh, done those things in ways I'm that I'm with you. Mm and you
1: can't and you can't you can't put a number on also the bonds that have been created with especially those guys that were there in the lean years you know when you're talking about Mullins and a Santander and a Mountcastle right I mean like the the bonds that are created and and to see that through I mean listen he's going to win manager of the year as he should hopefully they reward him with a longer term contract or a renewal I don't know where he's at on his contract but my hope is he gets to see this through, you know, he, he, he to, to make that guy sit through and manage yeah. those teams. This yeah. is the least you could do. He's, he's doing a great job. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that we keep as much of this together as we can. Um, because I, I think that um, this would be as, as exciting as this year is Glenn. Yeah. We know that what we're capable of, that this team, we've got more guys in the pipeline mm-hmm. that are, you know people are saying Jackson's better than all these guys. Yep. Right. And we've got other guys. And the fact that, we we have to do everything we can. This is me saying to the Baltimore Orioles to keep that team together. Yeah. Whatever you got to do, yep. you got to keep the core of that team together. You know, I don't want to hear about Oakland, right? No, you got to keep the core of that team together. And if you can't figure out a way to do it, figure out a way to do it. I don't want to hear it. Just do it. Figure it out, My brother. That's going to be a travesty if we lose. A couple of these core guys. A uh, travesty.
0: From from your lips to everyone's ears, my friend. Like, I do. Oh God. But that can be a conversation we can revisit again when the season is over. Oh, yeah, I
1: know. Yeah, right? I'm sorry. I get, no, I get heated about no, that. but I. I Josh, I, you know. I, I'm just. I'm telling you, you're going to watch a grown man weep if we, we, we get into this <laughs> and start winning the game. So I, I will be openly sobbing out in my 1970s uh, Orioles satin jacket. And I'll be happily doing it, and I could care less. But that's the passion I have for this team. And, and I think we've we paid enough. we paid the price enough for all these years.
0: You I, know what I mean? That, that keep, be...
1: this, keep this core together. We deserve that. We deserve <sighs> that. The, those of us who have stuck with them, we deserve that. Don't do that to us. No way.
0: Brother, I can't, uh, I can't say it better than that, and I think it's the perfect place for us today. I, think that's the, I, I, don't, I don't think we can do better than that. Uh, anything else you wanted to chime in on before we wrap up?
1: Just uh, 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 love you guys. Love listening to you. It's such a great way for me to stay connected. Um, I just think you guys do such a great job, great guests. You know I love my uncle. I love you guys. Um, And I'll keep listening. Thanks for having me on, and hopefully we'll get to do it in person. Mm,
0: Let's make that happen, Maybe during the
1: playoffs or something. Let's make that happen. I love you, bro. Appreciate you. Later, Griff. See you, Glenn. Bye-bye, guys.
0: It's the great Josh Charles with us here on GCR. Don't get no better than him. Um, That passion, it's uh, extraordinarily real. All right, we won't take a break. I know we're running late if we gotta, because he's got to get in before 11. Is that the deal? Uh,
4: no, I think he, he's okay, but we'll- Well, well
0: tell me, can we, can we take a break or not? That's yes, You're right the producer. Right All right, well, let's take a break then. That's exactly what I wanted to do, and I'm so glad you brought it up. Today's show brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. October 28th is the date for the next hiring event. It's a trunk or treat community event. But also you can go through the entire process, written test, agility test, the whole application. Find out more about specialized units. Get questions answered. If you've been thinking about making a change in your career path, find out more. Join BaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-4584. We'll preview Waiver Wire Wednesday next with Joe Serpico. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, SuperBook Sports. This fall, SuperBook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, SuperBook will give you a bonus of up to two hundred fifty dollars when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code Glenn Clark twenty three G L E N N C L A R K two three. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlenClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. The Maryland 5-star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit
2: What's up everyone, it's Tyus Bowser and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita A partnership, a press box, and Great Ace memorabilia.
0: Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, September 26th at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. Make
5: the
7: most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out BuyAToyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer. Today. All electronic tolling is here
5: to stay in Maryland, and driveeasymd.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource. Home to EasyPass, pay by plate, and video tolling, it's never been easier to pay your way. Driveeasymd.com will keep you moving.
8: Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for PressBox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your Waiver Wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? All right,
0: back in here on GCR. Thanks again to Josh. And now it's time for us to transition. We do it every Tuesday. We preview Waiver Wire Wednesday. And Griffin, not only is Joe Serpico going to join us right now, but he could basically be, like, moving into your house moving forward.
4: Yeah, that's correct. If your fantasy needs help, like, maybe a lot of help, PressBox and Live Casino Hotel have the answer. One lucky winner will receive a private fantasy football consultation with Pressbox fantasy football expert Joe Serpico, with ongoing help throughout the season, including advice on sits and starts, trades, and waiver wire pickups, plus a VIP game day experience at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Sports and Social, with a reserved table and two hundred dollars in food and beverage credit. Yeah, it's uh. To enter, go to pressboxonline.com/slash contest. That is pressboxonline.com/slash contest. Must be 21 in order to enter. Complete complete rules available at pressboxonline.com slash contest. So,
0: Joe, when you move into to the uh, winner's house, exactly <laughs> what do they need to provide for you? Like, do you need breakfast every morning, or can you just, like, handle b- pouring your own bowl of cereal?
3: They got a fridge full of beer, I'll be content. We're good. We're good. That
0: that's all that Joe <laughs> Serpico needs when uh, you win this contest and he moves in. Now, that's awesome. Uh, that's a really cool prize, and... On top of having uh, Joe at your beck and call on top of that, you have the um, the fact that that game day experience there, man. Like, we were down there for the opener this season. It is awesome. I mean, it is electric. And you get in those reclining seats, dude, there is not a whole lot better than hanging out at Live Casino and Hotel for uh, game day. So that's a really cool prize. Again, pressboxonline.com slash contests. Uh, another really cool prize is having Devon Achan on your roster uh, the problem being, ain't none of us that had him started him this weekend. So let's talk about what Devon A. Chan is now moving forward because I, I, I again, this is a t- true story, in our press box league that all three of us are in, Joe, he is sitting right there waiting for me at those 51 points on my bench. Am I playing him next week? And then let's talk about, you know, whether or not, how much money you're putting in for him fab-wise, I assume he is an immediate waiver-wire priority for anyone in, in fantasy football.
3: Yes, he is a uh, a must-add at this stage, considering what we saw this past week. I mean, anytime somebody scores four touchdowns, has uh, 22 touches, he definitely jumps on the new fantasy radar. Uh, I'm still, you know, it was awesome to see him put up that kind of performance, but And I'm still a little bit weary moving forward. I don't want to blow my entire FAB budget on him, considering you know Raheem Mostert also had four touchdowns in this game here. Uh, And I also think once Jeff Wilson gets back, that he's going to get involved there. Uh, Now, is this a a case where maybe a rookie takes over in the latter portion of the season, which we have seen happen many times the past couple of years? Uh, Very well could be. Uh, I'm just a little hesitant to, you know, go all in on him, I'll, like we were talking about maybe last week with Jerome Ford, uh, considering, you know, there is still some other people in the mix there.
0: All right, so what's the what's the cap? What would you spend in, like, a $100 uh, fab league?
3: I mean, again, it always does come down to, you know, roster construction. But, you know, let's say 10%, 15% of your fab, maybe. You know, again, if you are very desperate, you go as high as maybe 20. Um, I, this is, again, the time of the year you want to be a little bit more aggressive with these uh, – These kind of plays, because once we get to the second half of the season, you're kind of talking more about handcuffing your guys as opposed to trying to find these diamond in the rough that we can find in the early part of the year.
0: All right, so tell me if I – like in the league where I have him, are you telling me that next week would I play him over any of Brian Robinson, Travis Etienne, and Isaiah Pacheco?
3: The latter maybe because – well, you know, we kind of – Gotta wait and see how he escaped from uh, from this Sunday. It sounds like it should be good to go moving forward. But no, I honestly, I I'm I'm sticking with the uh, the first three. The, you're going with at least for stars. now. Yeah, yeah, just because you know, what people are also maybe kind of forgetting, just because he went off like he did on Sunday, he only has three touches before coming into this game on Sunday, and uh, yeah, a lot of these touches also happen to have as the Dolphins were already extending this, you know, the gigantic lead out. Um, so that's why I'm a little bit tempering my expectations for him as opposed to, you know, a couple guys we talked about in the past, like a Ford and Moss who we know we're going to get heavy workloads moving forward. All
0: right. So let's, let's cover a couple of things here before, cause this is not waiver wire related, but Alvin Kamara comes back this week. Is everyone who took Alvin Kamara immediately playing him or is it a maybe wait a week and make sure that he's all good?
3: again it uh, comes down to roster construction but i i would say yes just based on what we have seen from the Saints they are banged up at the running back position
9: mm-hmm.
3: uh so it's Kamara's coming back at an ideal time for them and he's not necessarily kind of a guy that's you know we're easing into a new system or anything like that he's been there for for god knows how long now so if you have Kamara again i'm probably starting him right away in my flex spot um if you have better options, like a Brian Robinson that you mentioned, I'm big on Brian Robinson the rest of the way. Uh, I, I'm probably playing him over a Kamara. But, you know, if you're in a situation where you need the help, and let's face it, running backs this year have not been nice at all to anybody Ooh. who's been drafted high. So, so if you've got somebody who's healthy right now who is a pass catcher and you know he's going to get a ton of work, that's Alvin Kamara. So, yeah, more, more I'm talking myself into this right now, yes, I'm starting him.
0: All right, now let's just to handle running back. Let's talk about Baltimore for a second, because Oof. I assume that if Gus Edwards comes out of this and clears concussion protocol, you're still starting Gus Edwards. I assume that if Justice Hill were to be back this week, you're at least considering him as a play. Is is there? I I can't imagine there's anybody that you're claiming on the waiver wire. I can't fathom there's anybody else that you'd be willing to play beyond that. I. Walk me through how you approach the entirety of Baltimore's running back situation.
3: So, well, it's amazing. I'm in, mean, obviously, a bunch of Baltimore-based leagues, and you see just about every Baltimore running back is rostered at least on one team. Going all the way down to Keaton Mitchell, who's sitting on IR, um, it, it is kind of wild. But uh, you're right. You're not making any moves for, let's say, Melvin Gordon, who, who took over for, for Gus Edwards, or Kenyon Drake, who only got a couple of couple plays it still looks like it's going to be edwards and hill moving forward um if edwards is healthy yes i'm considering at the flex spot you know it wasn't honestly i was expecting a little bit more out of him on sunday considering the weather conditions but you know uh, circumstances with the concussion there um and then melvin gordon you know he had a couple of t- plays where he popped but his concern has always been that he's going to fumble so uh, I, I'm trying to avoid the situation if I can, to be yeah, brutally honest with yeah, I get you, it. just because there's so much uncertainty here. Um, but if I have to play one, it would be Gus Edwards.
0: All right. Are there any other backs, uh, running backs specifically, waiver wire wise that are relevant this week?
3: Uh, well, we talked about Zach Moss last week. Uh, I, you know, he's somebody I can just bring back up just because he still is available in about 20% of leagues. Uh, he was the only one that kind of caught my eye. Otherwise, again, kind of like what I said before, it was a very, very uh, low-scoring week for anybody. I mean, if you don't have Christian McCaffrey or one of the two uh, Dolphins running backs this week, it was a pretty pretty lousy week for running backs. So uh, Zach Moss being the one that, you know, if he's somehow still out there, get him on your roster some way uh, just because we know it's his job. And hopefully JT doesn't come back, kind of like we talked about a couple weeks ago.
4: Does Matt Burita have any value uh, as long as Saquon stays out, I guess, but does he have any value even in this Giants offense?
3: If you're super desperate. Uh, He does nothing that impresses me. I think I said that to us on the year last week. Uh, He's just one of those guys that looks like when he hits the hole, he's tackled up for three yards and that's that. He does nothing to excite you. Yeah, maybe he runs into a touchdown like he did last week, I believe he finished with three carries for either four yards, 14 yards, something like that, and a touchdown. Yeah, That's what you're basically hoping for. He's one of those guys where hoping falls into the end zone, so I'm trying to avoid those kind of players. I'd rather have players with upside that we're going to be talking about now.
0: All right, he is Joe Serpico, press box Fantasy Football Analyst. He is with us, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. Joe, let's move to wide receiver. A big story this week, obviously Mike Williams done. So I feel like there's an inclination for folks to grab not only Palmer, but also maybe Quentin Johnston. Are those waiver wire moves? Are those Thursday moves? Where are you at with those two Chargers wide receivers?
3: Uh, Both of them for me are more of a wait after your uh, waiver period kind of goes. Uh, yes, they're going to be tied to Justin Herbert. That is, you know, a very high octane offense. Um, but we even saw before Mike Williams went down, uh, Keenan Allen was getting peppered with targets. Uh, he was over a hundred yards and over 10 targets in the first half. And then that just continued going into the second half. Uh, and then you saw the touchdown pass he threw. Uh, so they're going to find a bunch of ways to get, uh, Keenan Allen the ball. Now, I do think the one that gets the most boost is actually probably Clinton Johnson just because he honestly wasn't playing a whole lot at all. It was uh, Josh Palmer that was getting the looks in the three wide receiver sets. So I do think his fantasy value boosts the most, but neither one of those guys are somebody I'm rushing to put some fab money on. You know, those guys I'm looking for. Uh, after the period to see if I can get on my roster for free.
0: What about, are we, are we back to being comfortable with Adam Thielen, or should we remind ourselves this is still the Carolina offense and maybe we don't race or use fab money that way?
3: Yeah, another guy kind of in the same boat. You like the, uh, the target share that you've seen the past couple of weeks, um, but also at the same time we saw Andy Dalton throw more passes on Sunday than he has in his entire career. and He's been in the lead, I feel like, for 20-some years now. Uh, so that's not encouraging when you consider what the game plan might be moving forward. Uh, you know, We have talked about the past couple of weeks, these bad teams, uh, they're good for airing it out, so which could be good for fantasy purposes. But Thielen, again, he kind of reminds me, like, yeah, he gets a, a, a lot of looks in this offense because somebody there has got to catch a lot of passes, but he's slow and old, kind of like Matt Breida, and you're really hoping that uh, most of the time that he catches touchdowns for you. So he's not somebody I'm really spending any Fab money on. I probably have them down in like the 40s and 50s in my rankings this week. Uh, but I'm not wasting you know precious money on something like that when we're trying to save it for maybe more crucial running backs moving forward. So,
0: is there no wide receiver that you would spend any, or that you would even put in a, a waiver claim for at this point?
3: Tank Uh We talked about if him a little bit last week. Yeah. I think what we what we what we saw from him this week now kind of verifies that. One, he's electric. He's one of those boomer bust kind of players. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying with feeling, you know, there's more bust than boom with the, with him and a burrito, as opposed to tank Dell as somebody who I, I could see, you know, having a game like we saw on Sunday. And you can see that more regularly because he has that potential to take it to the house. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to forget. You get points for guys that score on special teams too. And he's one of those guys that, uh, you know, contributes there as well. So if he pops one, for a touchdown one of these days, you're going to be happy about that.
0: There is that. There's no doubt about it. Let's, uh, let's continue shifting positions. We'll go to tight end next, where I feel like if Sam Laporta is available in your league, you're probably in tight end hell if you don't have, you know, Kelsey end of list. And so I would feel like Sam Laporta is probably someone that's worth at least a waiver claim if not spending a little bit of fab on
3: yeah, a lot of rookies we're going to talk about this week. But, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's kind of shown that he is going to be a, a vital part of the Lions offense. And we know that that offense does like to uh, air it out a little bit more than some other teams around the league. And uh, he's the first tight end in league history to uh, have five receptions in three games, I think, was the stat I heard. Uh, so, you know, that kind of tells you just how involved he's been. Uh drawing up plays for him, it was evident on that 45-yard touchdown on Sunday. Um, yeah, I mean, anybody who's getting five catches a game at tight end, we're not seeing a whole lot of them. Let's, let's face it, we, we, we could talk about this every week. Uh, there's going to be a new tight end that pops up on the radar that we're kind of hoping to fill that, let's say, 10 through 14 holes mm-hmm. down there in the rankings uh, just because, like, kind of like running backs, there's just a whole lot of uncertainty there. But, yeah, LaFord is definitely a guy I'm trying to put some fab on. Especially if I'm a dire. Let's say, you know, I mentioned last week, if you're still somehow holding on to Kyle Pitts, hoping for a miracle, go get yourself Sam Laporta. You're going to be much happier with that.
0: Um, I, I, boy, I, I think he's, if he's coming on, what, uh, it could be very special moving forward. And then, you know, the guys that I saw on your list at pressboxonline.com that were interesting to me are the quarterbacks because, like, I, I'll give you an example. I'm very frustrated with the league where my quarterbacks are Trevor Lawrence and Matt Stafford. And then I'm even more frustrated in the league where my quarterbacks are Justin Fields and Matt Stafford. But am I am I really counting on, for example, C.J. Stroud? Like, if I were to put a claim in for him, am I definitively playing C.J. Stroud over either of those guys?
3: It's hard to... Uh... We talked about Trevor last week. It's hard to bench him uh, just because we saw Trevor get off to a, a Trevor Lawrence yeah. get off to a slow start last year as well. So that's kind of why you know I still have some some ray of hope on him kind of turning the corner, and once he does, boom, he's going to be one of those guys that you're going to want to start every week. Uh, Stafford, uh, yes, he's, he's a guy that at this stage of his career, you know, we've kind of seen it. We a couple weeks ago he was electric. This week, here like, you know, is this a guy that's been in the league for as long as he has been? Uh, And I apologize. Who was the other quarterback that you mentioned for me?
0: Fields, yeah. Oh, Fields. Yeah. yeah, Thank you. Thank you. uh, I said it myself.
3: I I think that's the biggest enigma in all of fantasy football right now. Uh, You know, what do you do with him? Uh, Everybody thought he was a top five, you know, quarterback going into the year, considering what we saw last year. The the rushing yards, we expected to be something the same. And then you add D.J. Moore. You know, you, you bring in uh, – Chase Claypool kind of came on late last year. Maybe he can make an impact for you this year. And it's just been a total dud. Uh, so, uh, am I playing a C.J. at this stage? I probably – well, Jordan Love, I would say yes. Better, I'm going to go with Jordan Love. wasn't the best fantasy performance this weekend, but I think what he proved to us this weekend against a very good Saints defense is that kid's a winner? I think the Packers found found their guy for a long time, and I think moving forward, once he gets all his weapons back, because he's also been playing without Aaron Jones and Christian Watson and A. Banged up but uh, David Bakhtiari. So I think I uh, love absolutely Stroud. Oh, I like what I've seen. You know, he's only the third player to ever have over 900 yards in three games. But I'm still a little bit hesitant to trust. Oh, by the way. Uh, the Texans, I know, I know. I just how much I mentioned Tank Dell, but you know, Tank Dell could be the reason why, you know, CJ Stroud has good days. He takes these these passes deep to the house there, and you know, puts up those big numbers for him. So I, if I had to pick in that little pecking order that you mentioned there, let's say Lawrence, Oh, man, Lawrence. What do I do with Fields? Uh, yeah, the Fields one's the really the toughest one. But then I'm going Love. I probably should have loved then.
0: Stafford still Stafford, over Ben
3: Stroud. Ben Stra- mm-hmm. Stroud. Yeah, I mm-hmm. still think I'm waiting, seeing on Stroud.
0: Of course, my field Stafford league is is this league where love isn't available. So <laughs> ain't no love to I be found in our press that's box. That's our press box league. league yeah. I am the love. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. All I need is love, and and you're you're taking all of it. You son of a bitch. Um, but I might be that not that far away from from taking a play at C.J. Stroud. I might
4: be. I in might that have help. to be with you because I got Joe Burrow and Daniel Jones, uh, Joe. So is it it's a time for me to do? I keep holding out hope with Joe Burrow and 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 Danny Dimes, or do I start looking at the waiver wire as well?
3: I was actually encouraged by what I saw with Burrow last night. For somebody that you know almost didn't play. Uh, to do what he did with the Bengals last night, make sure that Jamar Chase got involved. I was actually kind of impressed with that. So if he can put those kind of numbers up with uh, one bad leg, I kind of like what I see from him moving forward. Uh, Daniel Jones, he's somebody you kind of got to hang on to because he'll have those boomer bust games. You know, When he gets involved as a rusher, uh, he's he's very good in fantasy. There just seems to be games where he just – forgets that he's capable of doing that. And those are the games we're seeing him try to throw it too much, and those are the stinkers that he puts
0: up. All right. Uh, Joe Serpico, you can see his waiver wire and all of his content throughout the week at PressBoxOnline.com. At Joe Serp on Twitter is how you follow him. And, again, get to PressBoxOnline.com slash contest so you can win not only that consultation but year-long fantasy consulting from Joe Serpico and that $200 game day package at Live Casino and Hotel, that is awesome. Joe, always appreciate you, man. Thank you for spending a couple of minutes with us this morning. We'll talk to you again next week. You know Take care, guys. It's Joe Serpico, our Press Box Fantasy Football analyst, checking in with us here on GCR. Uh, Griffin, what else is going on? Oh, you can go ahead and say goodbye to Joe. That's fine. My apologies. It's always, we want to have good bedside manner with guests. want to thank them and show appreciation. Now, Griffin, what else is going on in the world of Live Casino and Hotel since they just so kindly brought us Joe Serpico?
4: Uh, They also are bringing you the second chance drawing all season. If luck was not on your side in a recent bet at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, get ready to turn those losses into winning opportunities with the second chance to win promotion between now and January 4th, 2024, basically all of football season. All Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Awards members will be able to enter their losing slips into the second chance to win drum. And two nights a week, 20 different winners will be chosen. Prizes range from Live Casino and Hotel Maryland apparel, sports and social, ultimate happy hour uh, uh, prizes, and cash and free play prizes as well, up to worth up to $500. Drawings going to be held every Thursday and Monday. That's two different times a week. Uh, Adirondal Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh,
0: this is a weird one. Chris said, Glenn, were you planning on talking about Usher?
4: (laughs) Glenn did tell me, make sure you don't schedule anything. No, uh,
0: (laughs) I wasn't planning. Um, I, I, you know, in the past, I always tried to do a little bit more with it. We did a draft one year where we had, like, the entire cast all pay into a pot the draft who would play the super bowl halftime show that year hmm. and i won because it was the maroon five year and i said <laughs> that is just perfectly milquetoast that is exactly like the non-threatening middle of the road should have been
4: taylor swift has taylor swift on it uh, she's never done halftime yeah um should have been Taylor. this would be a good year for her
0: <laughs> okay well I mean she might have had a vested interest <laughs> yeah so yeah, um with all due respect I, I have no interest in a Taylor Swift halftime show. That came up last year when everybody was talking about Taylor Swift, and I was like, I, I. Now, as it turns out, Rihanna's halftime show was a dud to me because, and I, it's, it's unfortunate. Like, I think her pregnancy limited the amount of energy she mm-hmm. could put into the show, and I'm, I think given the circumstances, she did a, a whale of a job. But I just didn't think. I think in, in the attempt to force feed like 15 songs into the halftime show. She didn't create any moments that stood out. It was just like, here's a snippet, and then here's another snippet. And I think the halftime show is always better when you can celebrate like iconic songs that people love and play them out. That's why Prince's halftime show was one of the many reasons why Prince's halftime show will never be topped. Well, there will never be anything that touches it. Usher, for me, is a tremendous choice. All in. I love Usher love usher and so many usher songs stand out for me but it's the perfect thing right like usher broke literally when i was in high school so his career has spanned my young adult into adult life i love usher i get there's the vegas fit because he's been performing in vegas so and everybody that's gone out to that show like i know rita was obsessing about it Everyone that's gone out to that show has told me it's incredible, and that doesn't surprise me because Usher is great, like, because his songs are great. Now, can he recreate, like, an end-of-show moment that stays with us forever by picking one particular song that everybody's waiting for? I don't know, right? Like, that's kind of the cool part about Usher is that it's not really like there's one song that stands out in some particular way, like... When you think about Usher's catalog, whether it's Confessions or even going back as far as My Way or Let It Burn or I I, I don't know that any single one of them is the one that you build up to and say we're all waiting for. But as a performer, he's phenomenal. And I think his songs are I guess I guess, yeah, is his most iconic song, but it's not like a ballad. So you wouldn't be building up to it. I don't know maybe it would be what you would, I would think that would be what you would start so the so show what's,
4: with. What's going to be better? His halftime performance or Kim K's uh act, she's clearly got a future in acting. Oh after th- that the yeah I did not I did uh, not watch that. You didn't Griffin.
0: watch I did not
9: just Didn't watch Apple Music didn't do anything uh, for me. Didn't do <laughs> anything
4: that is not my
0: area. Um do you know how many times by the way like the the most exciting part of the night when you would go to the piano bar when I when I was a kid and you would get to the part where they bring up like the fat white um you know, like security guy and let him do the rap from Yeah by Usher was like that the highlight of the night. So much so, this is a true story. So when I was in Arizona, there was this band called Obadiah Parker. And they, out of nowhere, this is in 06, he had gone to a coffee shop and done an acoustic version of Hey ya by OutKast. Wow. And it started trending a little bit. This is before, like, Twitter and before... But like the YouTube video. Everybody
4: was everybody saw it. Before
0: everything was on YouTube. This is still in the very infancy of YouTube, became wildly popular. And it ended up accidentally becoming like a top 10 single in the country. This coffee shop acoustic version of hey Ya. And this guy Matt, nicest guy in the world, who was the singer of Obadiah Parker, like was over he had no idea what to do with it. Like he was just a guy. Who, they could make a movie about this dude who woke up with this smash hit and it was just a cover, right? Like, so we had invited him in studio and Ob- Obadiah. Well, his name was Matt, but oh, like the okay. band was called Obadiah Parker. Gotcha, gotcha. right? Um, I we invited him in studio and it was wild talking about it. He's like, dude, I don't know what to do about this. Like, I <laughs> panicked, <laughs> like, he wasn't being offered like huge record I, deals. I guess I can't play it. Um, you could give like a taste of it. I think you. I think we get wild. It's
2: beautiful. Wow!
0: Like it's beautiful. It's a completely different concept of the song. And truth be told, after you heard it, you realize like, hey, the lyrics to Heya are not as quite as celebratory <laughs> as the the song presents. Um, Heya, which I believe to be maybe the best song of the 21st century. Um, I didn't think about that a little yeah, bit more, definitely. but I felt it was the it's best song of the first decade of the 21st to century. Say that, I guess I, I, I would still think I would argue it's the best song of the 21st century. Um, and I, I don't know where it charted. It charted. uh it got or the cover, the cover, oh, wow. the cover. I don't know where it charted, but like legitimately, it was everywhere. Like it was on. I swear to God, he was an answer to a Jeopardy question. So we bring him in, and then that same night that he's in studio, we're doing a segment about how much we love going to the piano bar, right? Like we're we're talking about it on the show. And so somehow the two things forge into we want to do an Obadiah Parker karaoke night <laughs> where all of the cast members have to compete karaoke style the following week with Obadiah Parker live playing the songs in the background. Because I was a man who had gone to the piano bar so frequently, I knew... The thing to do was to do "Yeah" by Usher, right? Like because when 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 fat white guy starts belting out "Watch out my outfits," everybody loses their mind, right? Like it's just an electric moment when you do that. The ludicrous part, and so uh, yeah, I did that, and that part was electric. Wow! The rest of the song, uh, okay? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm not gonna have a future in music. So what you're saying is the only thing but, that, but okay. I was voted the winner. Oh well, well done of uh, Congrats. of uh, Big Owen Duke's karaoke night with Obadiah Park. So
4: the only thing that could top an Usher halftime would be Obadiah Park. Oh, it'd be so cool if they
0: like they if Usher found him and like brought him <laughs> out. I probably saw his numbers somewhere. Great guy. Great guy. Um oh do we have to go right through? Yeah. It? I thought it was eleven twenty. My oh. my fault. My fault. <laughs> We're having a having a morning here on G C R. Today's show is also brought to you by... Ooh, this one's brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm down with Usher. I think it's cool. I really do. But that's... I'm sh- I don't know how it... I have no idea how... Griffin feel I don't know how much Usher means to Griffin. To me at 40, He means a lot. Like I'm stoked.
4: You know, I mean, I guess I mean I'm I guess I'm pretty indifferent at this That's point. That's probably what I've yeah. expected for yeah, a 20-year-old. I'm year not old, mad. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, that's not, if you're mad, then get yeah. out. The Usher's awesome, like get out. But I get it; like, it doesn't resonate. I don't think the the hip hop one probably could resonate with you the same way that it resonated with somebody my age from a couple years ago. Yeah, the yeah, the Snoop, correct. Dr. Dre, yes. Mary J. Yeah. Blige. Mean, like it was to good. me, it was to me, that's the second greatest halftime show of all time. Behind Prince. And we almost can't. Like Prince did something that wasn't even a halftime show. It was a cultural touchstone. It was an iconic moment in American history. And then there were a lot of halftime shows otherwise. And of those, I actually believe that the hip-hop one is the 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 best. The ones that aren't literally cultural touchstone moments. Of all of the rest of them, I think the the hip-hop one was the best of that group. I actually think that U2s was better than people. But U2 literally did two songs. Like the, the, That's why Rihanna doing 15 songs was wild. You two did halftime after 9-11, and they did two songs. Like, two. Just because they wanted it to be an emotional like Gosh, you know, man. moment. It really was. All right. Uh, joining us now, the Orioles get back to action tonight. Uh, also, uh, the Norfolk Tides play for a A championship this week as well. Uh, let's talk about the Orioles with our buddy John Mioli from the Baltimore Banner, who's back with us now here on GCR. John, it's Glenn. How you feeling about Usher for a halftime show, pal?
7: Um. Don't have a ton of thoughts about it. I don't mind Usher though. Um, I I was thinking about what Usher songs I like.
0: I mean. Um. Okay, hang on. I got to do this math now because I know you're closer to my age, but I still think. Am I a couple years older than you are? I'm 34, so like I had
7: i I, I have a lot of Ushers like Prime. You know, it matches up to my Prime for lack of a better word. Uh, Yeah, no, I get that. I was thinking. I was thinking about the same girl remix, but I don't think R. Kelly is allowed to do that anymore. I don't that think anymore. that's going
0: to happen. No, I don't think that <laughs> there's going to be, be that happen. moment. I um,
7: but, you know, Confessions is, is, yeah, is great. It's and, great. Uh, well, yeah, Usher's
0: great. It's going to be fun. I, 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 what, what you make me want to meant to me when I was in, at Perry Hall High School oh, and was God. trying to talk to, to girls, I mean, like that song is a jam and a half. And, I, I look, I do think that Yeah is his most iconic song. But I don't know, man. I'm all in. I'm all in on Usher. I dig it. I think it's a good idea. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we're
7: going in a different direction here. But, like, do you remember Virgin Free Fest when they had it, like, 15 years ago? Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so I went to that. I was, like, out at Ludacris' performance. And, like, I couldn't name, like, three songs that are actually by Ludacris. But he performed for, like, half an hour. And I knew everything he was doing. Correct, He was just, like, on the radio. And that's what Usher's going to be, you know? Yep. It's not like I'm going to, like, be able to, like pick out the songs I like on like an Usher playlist but like I will hear them like oh awesome let's
0: go I am like, that's I, what's gonna I am weirdly like a ludicrous truther like I believe he had one of the best careers of any artist of the 21st century and he's being treated like vanilla ice like I I have like this weird obsession with like talking to people about ludicrous and saying dude every song he put out was a 13 and we all loved every single one of them and somehow we treat him like he's a nostalgia act and, and he's MC Hammer for whatever reason. Like, Ludacris deserved to be treated closer to Jay- no, I'm not trying to say he's Jay-Z, but he deserved to be cl- treated closer to that than he ever was. Ludacris kicked ass.
7: And he's a fantastic contributor to uh, my favorite film franchise. The Are you really a Fast no. and
0: the Furious guy? I never knew that about you, Johnny I am not, but Mrs. Clark is, and so I have had to watch quite a few of those over the years. Um, but that is a conversation that we can continue another day. In the meantime, in the meantime, uh, the Orioles are three games or three whatevers away from clinching the American League East. John, a lot of the conversation that we've been having uh, of late has been about postseason rotation and roster, and I feel like there's all of a sudden this, like, swing in emotions where at the moment if the Orioles had to write out a postseason rotation – I think most fans would prefer that it was Kyle Gibson back in the rotation over Dean Kramer. What would the rotation look like to you if you were writing it out? You know,
7: I, I, I kind of explored this with the banner yesterday. I think that Kyle Gibson is like a really good guy to have in reserve. Like, you know, game one, two, three, like Dean Kramer's going to sit in the bullpen and Kyle Gibson's going to sit in the bullpen and Jack Flaherty, we know is going to sit in the bullpen. And like, I feel like there's just going to be more occasion to bring in like a Kramer in, in, in an earlier game. So like Kyle Gibson, even if he's, you know, even if you wanted to say he's going to be the game four starter, if they need one on merits, he's probably going to be the game four starter also because like there's not going to be an occasion to use him. You know, it's not like he's going to go out there and like blow guys away. Like I think that he's, you know, the way he's pitching and the way he pitches in general is, like, very valuable. Mm-hmm. But I think that his stuff is not necessarily, like, the kind of, like, oh, I need this in the sixth inning of a playoff game. So that will make him available as the fourth starter because there's going to be no occasion to use him before that, if it, that makes
0: sense. It sounds like what you're saying is you don't announce a fourth starter, right? Like, you announce the three starters, and then the fourth starter is whoever's available. And to your point, the more likely guy is going to end up being Gibson, and so he'll be the fourth starter because of it.
7: Correct. Yeah. And I would be I wouldn't be surprised if they also didn't announce like John Means as the game three starter. Um and he's he's I mean, you have to assume no matter you know, hopefully for their sake they win the division because this team needs a nice yeah, long rep. Um, but everyone's gonna be available. So I I think that you say Bradish and Rodriguez one and two and everyone else is available and it probably shakes out that they stay away from John Means for game three and Cal Gibson is um the freshest for game four.
0: So as we start looking at that at the other end of talking about putting the roster together is there's just just giant unknown when it comes to Felix Batista, who I, I still can't believe we're having this conversation, but we kinda have to have the conversation. And you know, Steve Johnson and I were talking about it yesterday and he's like, Well, I think that if you want to have him pitch in the playoffs, you you gotta have him at a place where you could put him in for an inning this weekend after you've clinched and just see where he is and how he holds up from it. And I think that makes sense to me, but I I don't even know how to talk about it because I feel like if it's not Felix Batista, I I still think that we don't even really know exactly who the closer is for the Orioles or even if they have a closer going into the postseason.
7: Yeah, I think think it was pretty instructive how they handled um, some of those crazy late innings. Um, situations with like Tampa that last weekend they were home and then that early Houston like they're literally going to just be going like out to out matchup to matchup and that's going to be that's going to feel crazy um, in the playoffs it's going to be <laughs> you know it's going to make what is already a very tense sporting experience even more tense right. but it, it it's I I th- I think they're honestly in the same boat I think that you know when Felix Bautista went down uh, Brandon Hyde said it's going to be a lot more matchups than you would see if they had a, an established closer that didn't really play out that much um, early in the time without Bautista, but it has more recently. And I think that comes down to, um, you know, guys just, you know, wearing out and who's available and who's not. So I think it's going to be more, I think it, you know, I think it will probably be more matchup based. And I think there's also going to be, you know, there's going to be a game in the playoffs where somebody who you do not expect to pitch the ninth inning pitches the ninth inning and pitches well. And that just might click, you know, you might, end up needing to have DL Hall pitch the ninth in a big spot in a safe situation. And he might do it and you might just say, okay, that's what you're doing. Uh, who knows? Jack Flaherty could do that. Dean Cramer, Tyler Wells. Um, I think that the uncertainty on that front causes, you know, probably causes a lot of heartburn, but like, there's a lot of upside there, too, and I think that that's probably the saving grace as this team's going into October.
0: So let me let me write out this group, right, of 13 pitchers. So the four like guys that we're assuming are starters would then be Means, Grayson, Braddish, and Gibson, right? Then you throw Flaherty, Irvin, Hall, Kramer, Coulomb, Wells, uh, Cano, Webb, and... And is Fujinami on the postseason roster? Is that completely dependent upon whether or not Felix Batista is available at that point? Like, I, I feel like that becomes the biggest wild card as far as making a a roster, right?
7: Yeah, I think so. I, I think that, and I think when you're talking about like the thirteenth pitcher, you know, I don't want to denigrate anyone, and I wouldn't denigrate anyone, but that guy is probably going to be pitching in low leverage no leverage oh, i didn't ha- hang on a second you know, i didn't have team. perez
0: i didn't have perez on this list so i i screwed something up i wrote haul down twice so i apologize for that be nice to have him twice. yeah twice. Right? yeah right i, I
7: was counting along on my hands with you and then i ran out of fingers yeah no no that's
0: no. an awkward it was weird when you started taking your shoes off everybody was like what are you doing dude um yeah yeah, yeah so, so, so
7: I, I you know i think that I, I think that you know probably just for like a I think that Fujinami is like a multi-inning, like, this game's washed, like, let's get to tomorrow kind of guy is fine. Um, I don't know that the Orioles would want to put him in any other situation than that, but I think that, you know, you acquired him. It's probably a worse look to leave him off the postseason roster, even if it was kind of a punt
0: so, but, but, at the time. But then who, like, is he more valuable than Webb? Is he more valuable than Cole Irvin, for example? Like, I Somebody's somebody's got to be off. Two somebody's have to be off if it's Batista. I'm at the point now where, like, if it's Batista, there's no way it can be Fujinami. But is 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 that role for Fujinami more valuable than an Irvin or a Webb?
7: Um, I'm not sure. I think there's more upside with the Fujinami. I think you know an Irvin type might feel a little more redundant if you're going to have you know essentially three guys who kind of are starters in in the bullpen. Um, And then it just kind of comes down to matchups, but. I just think it would be a tough look to leave him to leave Fujinami off, um, even if it's kind of a tough look to, you know, to, to to you know, it'd be like the baseball roster equivalent of like socially promoting someone in school. <laughs> you I know, know. I understand
0: like, what you're saying though. Like, it's you're gonna get crucified over like this was your acquisition, but at the same time, like I. I just don't know how anyone can have any faith in Fujinami in the playoffs at this moment. Like it's a I get that no one has actually pitched well out of the bullpen of late other than maybe Hall. Like I get that that's where we are, but it's not just the last 2 weeks that w- they've been dealing with this with Fujinami. Like I feel like it's been for 2 months that this is what they've been dealing with with Fujinami and I don't know how anyone I don't know what the circumstances would be where you would feel good about turning to Fujinami in a playoff spot at this point.
7: Yeah. And, and, you know, this is not my point. I was just, you know, I was just yeah. scrolling through Twitter and Ryan Ripken pointed out that Fujinami has basically yeah. had three just atrocious outings against the Astros and been pretty fine otherwise for the Orioles, since the Orioles the or- the acquired him. Um, so I guess if you're asking for a situation where you could put him in, it would be not against the Astros. Right. But again, <laughs> right. it's it's, it's yeah. such, it's, it's such a tough ask to say like, you know, in, in the same way that like, you know, if we're projecting forward, like the idea of, He's still like pitching in a playoff game with his elbow in the condition that the Orioles told us it's in. It's like makes me wildly uncomfortable for a lot of reasons. Like, you're not going to
0: be very comfortable putting Fujinami in in a lot of situations. Oh, man. I, I am. I, I know Ry- Ryan loves Fujinami. That's his guy. Like, that's a tough conversation <laughs> for me to have. And again, for that, as I look over the game, like, I, I guess I blanked on this. There was a, diff- there was a good stretch. But it was all—it was the, you know, the Diamondbacks were the only good team that he faced in there. It was the Angels, the Red Sox, the Cardinals that he performed well against, and you know, against all good teams for the most part. All right, all right. I don't want to—I don't want to go too deep into this. I don't want to go too deep, in this is a conversation that we don't need to have today. John uh, Mioli is with us from the Baltimore Banner as we're talking about the Orioles. John, have you have you put in your um, most valuable Oriole vote yet? It's- no, I have not. That's due soon, huh? I would assume so. Yeah, got to be due soon. Do you um, do you have a sense for going? I don't you're going? think I missed the deadline, but <laughs> No, uh, I I think I I think I I heard know? that they were going to extend it because they don't like unlike some years where you have to announce it before the season's over, um, you know. The season's <laughs> not ending this weekend, so they don't have to worry about that.
7: Yeah, there are ho- there are going to be home games um, at yeah. some point after Sunday. Um, I haven't dug deep into it your gut tells you that Gunnar henderson you know by a lot of metrics is the most valuable um that's that discounts adley Rutschman, um who who i think has more of a burden of expectations if if you want to say that you know he basically had like one week where he he, you know wasn't producing at the level everyone's expecting him to in september and, and it was it was a huge deal um and now he is again um and and you're talking about very similar offensive performances. You're talking about similar demanding defensive loads. Um, So I think he's going to be in the conversation for me. I think Kyle Bradish needs to be based on what he's done in the rotation the entire year. I think that just surely on value that even though his season uh, ostensibly ended six weeks or so before everyone else did, like Felix Bautista needs to be in that conversation too. Um, But there have been years where there's an obvious option because there's not a lot of good options. I don't think Going to be that
0: kind of year for me. I am. um I'm going to make for press box. I'm going to make the argument for Bradish. I think Bradish is. I. 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 really started looking into more of the numbers and like th- this is the best pitching season that we've seen in Baltimore in over 30 years. Like, Mike. Yeah. Mike Messina's 92 was the last time we saw a pitching season like this. And I. I. It's the eternal like how much do you value someone versus someone who plays every day. And I. You know we can have that conversation for forever. But I, I, just, I still somehow think it's being missed on a national scale. Even to some extent on a local scale, how truly absurd the season is that Cal Bradish has put together this year. Like we keep talking about, you know, Grayson Rodriguez is showing you that he's the ace. Like they, they, they have an ace. Like that's what this guy has been. The numbers are bonkers for what Kyle Bradish has done this year.
7: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think back to, you know, there, there was like a long history, like not long history. I think back to like, there were years where like Lucas Giolito was like statistical or stretches where he was like the worst starter in all of baseball. And he came back and he became really good. And Mm. the same with um, Mm. Corbin Burns. And like, I feel like Bradish's start to his career just didn't, you know, I feel like he's like still recovering from that and from a perception standpoint, but you know, he came back in July of last year and he's probably got an ERA that's in the mid three since then. Um, it's not like dominating overpowering stuff, but it, he can dominate with it. Um, you know, it, it's it's really fascinating you know, he was acquired and Dylan Bundy trade. We don't need to go through it all, but yep. you know, from, from an early time in the organization, you know, hearing people talk at, at all, it's I would talk to hitters and coaches that were there. Um, you know for stories and I'd ask him who who looks good and they were like this braddish guy like this is it the orioles were you know this is what the orioles expected from him um so you know if I were them I would be I would be pumping his candidacy for for more than just MVL you know he yeah and 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 then they you know they would be well within their right to do so. Look,
0: I, I get it. Garrett Cole is the presumed Cy Young Award winner, and his numbers definitely are better. Obviously not for as good of a team, and so, you know, you take that into that. But yes, to your point, like, there is an argument in there. There is a Cy Young argument that is just not being made whatsoever. Um, and I, I I don't have the answers to that, and we will see how what moves. Because to your point, like, I'm not trying to argue that his stuff will, proves that Kyle Bradish can be this guy for 10 years, but... Jesus, man. He has been unbelievable this season. Um, all right. Last one for you. I might, I'll go back to the roster. Uh, if it came down to Kerstad or McKenna, I presume that McKenna is on the playoff roster and not Kerstad.
7: Probably. Um, I think that, I think that Brandon Hyde just values what he does so much. I think that you, you know, by virtue of him playing Kerstad as much as he has, you can tell he clearly values what he can do too, which is, you know, drive a ball over the fence in any direction. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about probably on this show and I've talked about a lot that, you know, the Orioles tell you what they think of guys based on what they do when they come up and Ness and getting to play a lot. And I think that bodes well for him. Um, but, but that seems like a luxury item, um, especially for a team that loves to make those defensive changes, um, and is going to be playing, you would assume a majority of their games in, in, in Camden yards where you're going to need to be covering a lot of ground in left field and you probably want Ryan McKenna able to do that in a pinch during a game in a way that you wouldn't, you'd be able you know, if it's like August, you'd say, oh, you know, if something happens to or Mullins, you know, yep. we could just call somebody up tomorrow in the playoffs. You need to have somebody who can, who can play, you know, a high quality center fielder or, or, or a big left field in that game and i think mckenna's there for that
0: i think that's the case i did have somebody reached out when we were talking about it earlier and brought up like is there any chance it's westberg and i said i i just think his flexibility makes him too valuable for the team like i i i feel like westberg and arias n- neither of whom has been overwhelming and arias in particular it's it's disappointing because he's a guy that i i thought was having a much better season than he is um i, I but i i just think they're valuable their flexibility you can't leave either of those guys off a playoff roster
7: yeah there's going to be some there's going to be a surprise um i i think on like the bench and i also think that it will probably be temporary because the next series will require something different and right. if they have another series and but but you know we're, we i think it's really it's really splitting hairs and you're gonna you know for better or worse the Orioles tell you what they think of guys and what they value and i think this is going to be a good opportunity to find that out in in a very high stakes
0: environment jamioli what can i plug for you my friends Oh gosh, you
7: know, huh? just right away at the Baltimore Banner. Um, we uh, had another update on Jackson Holiday today. Um, pretty fascinating, obviously, what he's been doing down in Norfolk have some more tides-related stuff this week, I think. And, you know, just right in the heck out of the season. Um, great team over there with Andy Costa and Danielle Allen, Kyle Goon and Paul Mancano, and we're, we're having a great time, and we're, we're rolling through, uh, hopefully deep into October. For the quicks purposes, you
0: know. No doubt, man. No doubt. For uh, for everybody, the business is booming when these types of things happen. At John Mioli, of course, is how you follow him on uh, the website formerly known as Twitter. Always appreciate you, brother. Let's talk again real soon. All right. It's... All right. Have a good one. Thanks, man. John Mioli with us here on GCR talking to Orioles. Boy, this has been a day. Today's show brought to you by Superbook. Use the code glennclark 23 when you sign up at Superbook.com or using the Superbook app. And when you do, you'll get a first, same day, first bet match, win or lose, up to $250. Griffin was a little alarmed by the line for Ravens-Browns. Yeah, was. I was. was a bit surprised by it.
4: One team has Lamar Jackson, and
0: yes, but they're also quite depleted by injury. And the other teams are, had yeah. a very, very
4: good defensive
0: season. The like, defense has been okay. Very, very good. I, I don't think we're. They the just, stat, they just held Tennessee to
4: 94
0: total yards.
4: The stat I saw was uh, most offensive touchdowns allowed this season. Broncos have allowed 16. Obviously, they played the Dolphins, but they've allowed 16 offensive touchdowns. Uh, the Browns have allowed one three 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 games it's
0: pretty remarkable that is pretty remarkable but they haven't faced Lamar Jackson yet yeah right they haven't faced Lamar why did this open in Colorado for me I got a uh, I don't know what just happened there I clicked on Maryland teams and it showed me the Broncos the Nuggets oh who the Rockies play tonight uh who do the Rockies play uh I got nothing I got got the
4: Dodgers why is that,
0: that it, not? Th- I oh, got yeah, Broncos Bears. The Broncos the Broncos are three point favorites on the road in I mean, I get it. Both teams are atrocious, but I don't know. The Bears appear to be a money laundering scheme at this point. Uh, uh nobody co- watches By the way, Colorado plus twenty one and a half at home on Saturday, Griffin, so you can prepare for what you're gonna do there. Okay. Uh I Man, I thought it was I thought
4: it was at twenty eight at one point. I was hoping, 21 and a half, but, I was hoping it'd be twenty
0: eight. Uh Ravens Two-and-a-half-point dogs on the road in Cleveland. So if you're like Griffin and you think they should have been two-and-a-half-point favorites, then maybe you go right over there and make that your first bet, and you use that code Glenn Clark 23 Terps, two touchdown favorites against Indiana on Saturday. If that's what you're thinking about, Maryland. By the way, didn't Indiana need like four overtimes to beat Akron?
4: <laughs> I think they did. Uh, Was it four? I I think
0: it was four overtimes. And I still think, like, even in four overtimes, the total, like, the score was something like 27-24 or something (laughs) like that. I mean, it was an atrocious football game. Hang on a second. Let me see if I can pull up the box score from Indiana-Akron to go over how this game went. It was
4: indiana
0: Indiana Yeah, 29-27. 29-27 in four overtimes. I want to repeat that. Over Akron who... Hang on a second. That means that uh, regulation finished at 17-17 and then between four overtimes, a total they could muster and, 10 points, Akron and 12, Indiana.
4: And this is an Akron team that should have lost to Morgan.
0: That is correct. Yeah, that is correct.
4: So only so, two touchdowns.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a number you start to like a little bit more, right? Like Maryland just handled their business against Michigan State. That's a bigger number, but it's at home, and Indiana might be worse. <laughs> I know that
4: seems crazy.
0: Indiana's results this season, real they, quick. They have they, a win
4: over Indiana State. Yeah,
0: and, and that's that's and a win and a four overtime win over Akron. That's what they've accomplished. They lost to Louisville. Uh, For what it's worth, they stayed within 20 of Ohio State. Right.
4: I mean, I guess that was... Well, maybe everyone might stay within 20. Maybe. I don't know. I don't
0: know, man. But just think about that as you think about making some bets this weekend. Superbook.com or download the Superbook app. When we come back in, I know we had been doing it on Mondays, but it was getting lost in the shuffle. So we decided, and we didn't really announce it, that we're going to move it to Tuesdays, updating the Lamar meter. So when we come back in, we will... Give a lamar meter update. That's next. This is Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadet starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half, must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com.
5: What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com.
8: the Orioles train keeps on moving and it's ahead of schedule the birds are motoring towards a playoff run here in 2023 as their magic number keeps getting smaller and smaller I'm Paul Valley and you can find me along with Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here on the bat around we'll navigate you through the playoff push as the Orioles look to put an exclamation point on what is turning out to be the best season of the last 40 years so join us on the Orioles train and let's enjoy the ride together right here on the bat around
0: Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate arts across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the King and Queen seats, and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their harford Light. Trail. For more info, head to visit harford.com. Maryland open. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few
5: checklist items. Quality of the food? Check. Quality of service? Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes.
4: The latest edition of Pressbox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also, inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the o's ravens and Turfs at pressboxonline.com
7: Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today.
8: Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to
0: GCR. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along. Coming up a little bit later on this afternoon, 3.30, Stan the Fan Charles, Ross Grimsley, Luke Jackson, and Dan Duquette, yes, former Orioles vice president of baseball operations, general manager, will join them to talk about uh, his guys that have been a part of this turnaround. And um, Mike Elias giving him credit for not leaving the cupboard bare and, um, which was a really neat thing for Michael Elias to do. And look, I, Dan Duquette has been maligned at times, but I think most of us know that Dan Duquette did a hell of a job during his time in Baltimore for everything that he could control decisions sometimes were not his and not decisions he would have made, but they, they were made. And that's just sort of what it is. Dan Duquette. This afternoon, Stand the Fan Charles, Ross Grimsley, Luke Jackson, uh they will all be together at Facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Sports. And if you miss it live, you'll be able to watch it at YouTube.com slash Pressbox Online or Pressboxonline.com slash video. And now do the Lamarometer. We That's should get some, we should get some silly awesome. game show music for okay. that or something like that. Yeah. We should get all right. something. All right. All right. Um Especially since we're separating and moving into Tuesday. It's funny because uh, when I was talking to Josh Charles, who joined us earlier in the program, he and I were chatting this morning, and he was like, dude, I just don't think I want to talk about the Ravens anymore. I was like, okay. (laughs) like That's fine by me. I wasn't calling you to try to get some expertise about the Ravens. But I understood what he was talking about, and and he brought it up as we were chatting, which is when you lose, you just kind of want to move on from it. And particularly when it's not certain things that are lingering about a loss when it's not hey do you need to fire the coordinator when it's not hey why isn't this person playing when it's not when there are things that linger beyond they linger beyond but basically as painful as this was as we talked about yesterday it it's probably not really a statement about who the ravens are and it largely cleans up, for what it's worth, John Harbaugh and his press conference. Yesterday acknowledged that he screwed up and he should have taken a timeout. Now, that doesn't help anything, but compare it to Josh McDaniels, who's defiantly...
4: Well, we needed two scores.
0: I, I don't even have the... I don't know if he had another press conference yesterday and was addressed it again. I don't, I don't know enough about Josh McDaniels' situation. But John Harbaugh acknowledged you guys he didn't attempt to gaslight you and it could be worse is i guess all i could say that doesn't mean anything it doesn't help it doesn't put the delicious triscuit crackers in our mouth that's another one we should pull from uh, billy madison okay God, I need you. What's the last, what was the last movie you watched? Can we do a review at some point?
4: Uh, yeah, sure, I can do. Do you I remember can, what
0: the last one was that you watched? That we, is I there watched, anything that you watched that we haven't reviewed? Have you watched no. anything that we haven't reviewed? Uh n- no. What no. was the 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 last one I told you I wanted you to watch next?
4: Um, what was the uh the thing that you wanted me to watch next was I think Forgetting Sarah Marshall was the last thing. i it's been a did big Lebowski. Review, did
0: we review Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Yes. We okay. Did. Yes. Uh, what big, else is on the list besides Big Lebowski? Big Lebowski is a cult classic. So I'm really stunned that. Go ahead, what uh, else? Something is on the list?
4: about Mary's been on the list for a while. You haven't uh, watched Something About Mary. No. 40 right, year I old want you to watch Something either. About.
0: I want you to. I want you to watch Something About Mary. We I think we've done that one before, like with a past intern. Not not that you're an intern, but like I feel wait, like wait. we did a a segment about something about Mary because, uh, uh I I'm assuming you've seen Billy Madison, yeah. correct? Yes, okay. yeah, yeah. All right. yeah. Not that I would even really I I won't rewatch Billy Madison. I refuse. It's it's a whole trope on this show. I refuse to go back and watch any Adam Sandler movie because they're. Adam Sandler right. got so bad yeah, well, we that did I don't, do that, uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to go back and revisit. You should
4: go check out. Uh, don't, you're not definitely you're not, so, gonna, not you're so not invited to my daughter, bat, my, my bat, bat, bat,
0: mitzvah, bat mitzvah, I'm not gonna. Do Although I had somebody tell me that Bottoms was a fun movie that I should watch. Um, it's about like two teenage lesbians that start a fight club to try to hook up with cheerleaders or something like that, and it's very funny. But I don't, I don't know anything about it. But somebody told me that was one that I should give oh. a viewing to.
4: Just uh, there's a showing in uh, the Cinemark here in Towson just now. It starts right starts now? now. Yeah, all right. Just see started. You guys. We can make it.
0: See it for Tyus Bowser tonight. Um, also, I just—it's uh, a long story—but I had to sign up for a free subscription. Did I tell you about my disaster trying to watch the Ravens game this past Sunday? Uh,
4: no. Free subscription. I don't know what's going on at my house. Plus, well, I've already—I ha- still have that. Oh, okay.
0: But you can't watch NFL Plus on a TV. You can only watch it on your tablet or There's your like phone. There's
4: like no Roku app or anything? Or no,
0: there is an NFL app, uh, but they won't let you. The NFL app on for TV, for Fire Stick or for Roku, you can't watch games or Red Zone on there. You can only watch it on your, because they want you to sign up for whatever, like on sure. those. So I great. I sit down at 12.55, and like my wife said, hey, put the game on. And I was like, right, well, I'm, My plan now is I watch upstairs, she and the kids watch downstairs. That way... No one can... It's more like they can't... When you're screaming, yeah. No, it's more like they can't distract me. Because if the kids come upstairs, they're going to want to be like, "Who's?" and I'm going to miss things that are happening in the game because I'm talking to the kids. So I'm like, all right, no problem. I turn on the CBS app, and that says Washington Buffalo. Why am I being given Washington... That's got to be a mistake. Let me wait until they go to the booth, because they always do that before the game starts. Like, that's got to just be a mistake on the app, and when they actually go there, they're going to go. No, they're going to Washington, Buffalo.
4: Yeah, that's what you wanted, right?
0: That don't make sense. I live in northern Baltimore County. I don't live in Prince George's County. I don't live in Montgomery County or even in Anne Arundel County. I live in northern Baltimore. What the F? I'm like, what do I do now?
4: You just eh, I guess I'm not. So
0: I'm like trying to see if like <laughs> if for some reason, so I go into another room and I pull it up in there. I swear to God, they, they think I'm in Providence, Rhode Island, and they give me Patriots jets. Somehow where I live, we can't get the right IP address on the TVs, but I can get it on the laptop. The la- I pull up the CBS app on my laptop, no problem.
4: Hmm.
0: I'm getting hmm. the right game on there. Or not the app, but like watch CBS or whatever. Yeah, Par- on is my... Paramount
4: Plus now, or is, I guess.
0: So that's the thing. I'm like, Got you know, it. maybe if I download Paramount Plus, that'll give me the right game, right? So I download and sign up for a one-week free trial of Paramount Plus. And it's still 12.57. Nope, Washington. Washington. Right? By this point, the game has kicked off. <laughs> yeah. Still giving me Washington Buffalo. And I'm like, well, I don't have the bandwidth to fix this right now. So here's how this is going to go. family you're going to watch the game on mom's laptop. And I put it out for them, and they lay on the couch together, and they watch (laughs) the game on mom's laptop. And I go upstairs, and I watch the game on my laptop. Well, I don't know how to fix it. If anybody out there knows how to fix it, how to get it so that my IP address is correct. The good news is that, like, this week, uh, the Commanders are back on Fox, so it won't be a problem. Like, the DC affiliate will be showing the Ravens game, but presumably this is going to come up again at some point this season, and I don't want it to happen. And like, I'm at the point where the next time I might have to go to my mother-in-law's house to watch the game, and I don't want to do that, or come to the office to watch the game. And I'd rather the point of us, the way we're doing Project Game Day, which, by the way, you can watch after every game day this season, pressboxonline.com slash gameday, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, youtube.com slash pressboxonline, all brought to you by Superbook Sports and helpmygamblingproblem.org. Project Game Day, each and every game day with myself, Rita, and a cast of characters. Um, I think Vontae will be with us again this week, Vontae Leach, Super Bowl champion. Uh, make sure that uh, you check it out this and every game day. But the point of it was that I was going to be able to watch the games at home. That was the thought, that I could stay at home on Sundays. Two consecutive Sunday. Uh, I did leave home this Sunday because I took the kids out and played putt-putt in the morning. But I would have the option well, of staying I mean, home all day on Sunday. I stayed home for most of the day on Sunday, which was nice because in giving the many many jobs that I work, I don't get a lot of days like that. Even if I gotta work, at least I'm at home. It was nice.
4: Well, congrats. Hopefully, I don't. It when you say congrats, I, I don't. You, there's nothing out. to congratulate about. I don't know if I'm gonna be able
0: to watch the damn game.
4: I hope it works out. Anybody knows how to fix
0: the fact that my uh, my so the it's a fire my stich? fire sticks are apparently sending IP addresses either for either for Providence or DC. Anybody knows what to do about that? So I can send like I I tried to like go to the location setting of the Fire Stick and it said it literally said my address. And I was like, "Welp." <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's something unique to the CBS app that I got to do. I don't I I don't know. I don't know. And I'm gonna delete the Paramount Plus app because it didn't help me in any way. Is there anything that they should have on Paramount Plus that I can't watch anywhere else that I need to? Um, I did kind of like Tulsa King, but I gave up on it after two episodes, just because uh, I didn't have Paramount Plus. I'm trying
4: to think what's on Par- Survivors on Paramount Plus. No, I'm good. Um, which I don't know if you knew. There's a new cool. New I'm season good. A Survivor coming. I'm good. Well, just because they every no, single commercial break. Oh right. That's well, they
0: they have nothing else. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess that's it on CBS. So we're going to delete Paramount Paramount Plus then, and we'll go right back.
0: But if you know how to fix it so that my fire stick can tell me that I'm in Baltimore and that I should be getting the Ravens games and never any other game, then that would be pleasant. If you wouldn't mind helping me with that, I would appreciate it. Now, the moral of the story is
4: the Lamar meter.
0: Because we got very lost in this process.
4: As the Ravens. They They did. They did.
0: Uh, if you're not aware, the new Lamar, Lamar meter setting is—I yeah, always did it. The new Lamar meter setting is based on percentage chance that the Ravens win a Super Bowl during Lamar Jackson's five-year contract, and as of last week, it was up at 24%. If you saw it over my shoulder and somebody had bumped into
4: it, I, I apologize. I think it was Drew, and when, when he came in, he it was, was. just like. like no, 24%
0: like is 80. 24% is the number,
4: and now. Oh no! It plummets. Didn't plummet. It went back
0: down to twenty <laughs> okay. percent. Um, all right. I as I said, I don't want to read too much into what happened on Sunday because I do think for the most part it was an anomaly, but I also think it's a reminder of how difficult this is. And as confident as you might feel in a player and a team and all of those things, it's still difficult to win. Buffalo and Cincinnati have both put together championship-caliber operations in recent years and don't have a Super Bowl title to show for it. It's really hard to win Super Bowls. And that loss could end up biting the Ravens at the end of the season. It very well could be that we get to week 17 and we're saying to ourselves, geez, if they had only beaten the Colts at home then they have already locked up the division by now. They'd be able to rest their starters in the final week of the season. And instead, they got to go grind it out. It's hard to win Super Bowls. I'm not overreacting to one loss. I'm not pretending like one loss is the story of the Baltimore Ravens. But it was just a reminder that we got when we got swept up in the emotions of the previous week... We still gotta be clear about the difficulty of winning a Super Bowl. So you know I'm 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 cool with um a one and so I I'm cool with the fact that twenty percent is still by like mathematical equation, if you took thirty two teams, it's still I'm saying
4: really good. I it's guess. really
0: good. Somebody asked me when I told him what I was doing, what would you, if you were setting the number for the Kansas City Chiefs, what would the na- number be?
4: To win in the next five To win once, once roll roll in the, the next five, five years. years. And at that point, the number would be, because
0: when we do this math, it really is uh, 100 divided by 32 times 5, right, would be the mm-hmm. average. Which
4: I mean, would be 3-ish. T- no,
0: times 5. Right, so 3 so, times 5. Uh, right. Yeah, essentially. 100 divided by 32 would be basically 3, 3.1. And then multiply that by 5, and you get 15.6, right? 15.6 would be if everybody's opportunity, and, and you'd say, well, that doesn't add up to 100%, so that doesn't make sense. So my math is off. <laughs> I apologize. My math is off. I, I'm not doing the right mathematical equation. What I'm saying is everybody has the same percentage chance to win in each year. It's like five different pies. And in each pie, you'd have about a 3% chance of winning. What I'm reflecting is I don't think that every year each team has a 3% chance of winning the Super Bowl. I don't think the Commanders have a 3% chance of winning the Super Bowl this year. I get it. They won two games, but I don't think they're good enough. I don't think the Bears or the Broncos or oh, your precious the Panthers— I, God, I— I've never been more wrong about anything in my life. I acknowledge it. Like, you got to own it. Way off. Dramatically off. I I thought the, what happened last night to the Buccaneers, that's the story of the Buccaneers. I think we got carried away about, oh, Baker, they're not that good. The Jets, the Giants. I don't think those teams, I don't think the Patriots have the same chance of winning the Super Bowl as everybody else does. If it was the Chiefs, The number would probably be closer to 50-50, but 20%. That's the number. 20% chance for me, the Baltimore Ravens, as of today, will win a Super Bowl with Lamar Jackson in the next five years. All right. uh, When we come back in, we will – Oh, I'm going to tell you who the guest will be for the Tyus Bowser show tonight, Mm. and we'll get a tidbit and tubular to wrap up for the week. That's on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Best and use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
5: Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com We'll keep you moving.
2: What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita A partnership, a press box, and Great Ace memorabilia.
0: Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, September 26th at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports.
5: It's a Maryland fan.
0: The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadets starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire. U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com.
5: Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food, check. Quality of service, check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point
0: Boulevard. They check all the boxes visit harford county this fall celebrate arts across harford september 15th through the 30th with dance theater music and visual arts september 29th through october 1st is the largest italian festival in maryland featuring entertainment cooking demonstrations a bocce tournament and family fun if you're headed to the maryland five star stay and play in harford county while you're there enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches corn mazes and fall brews along their harford light For more info, head to visit harford.com. Maryland, open. What company has the expertise to
5: make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria? A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com.
8: Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at facebook.com slash sports or youtube.com slash online. All right, back in here on GCR. Tonight,
0: um, had some uh, some shifting around, but Tyus was able to come through with a uh, great, uh, And I, I don't want to say backup plan, guess, but I had told you something earlier in the show, and this is the backup plan. Tyus Bowser show from Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. Myself, Rita, Tyus, and our friend Michael Pierce is Uh going to be the guest, a veteran Baltimore Ravens defensive tackle, and you just heard him here on GCR last week. Um, Really fun, given everything that Michael Pierce has gone through in his career and being back with this team now and taking on a bigger leadership role. That'll be a fun uh, conversation. So tonight... Tyus Bowser, Ravens defensive tackle Michael Pierce will be the guest. We will be at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North starting at 7 o'clock. It's all brought to you by Superbook Sports and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Tyus Bowser, show a partnership of PressBox and Grade 8's memorabilia. Find out more at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. But a veteran Raven joining the show tonight Michael Pierce will be out with Tyus Bowser. Hope that you can come join us for that. And if you can't, you can always watch the show Facebook.com/slash PressBox Sports or tomorrow at YouTube.com/slash PressBox Online, and it'll be available. You'll hear it throughout the week here on GCR and Friday night on 105.7 The Fan. All right, so that'll be tonight. Looking forward to that. Um, I feel like oh, Kyle Van Noy. Yeah. Coming in for another visit today, uh, given the fact that the Ravens currently have, you know, Tyus is still out for another week, at least. I mean, we don't know that Tyus is back for week five, but, you know, when we asked him about it, he certainly hinted around. It's always a very awkward thing because, like, you're the Ravens have a very clear rule. You're not allowed to talk about it, right? And so I'm trying to find coded ways to talk about it with Tyus. Like, so, hey, Tyus, if you missed it from the first show, it's was like, Tyus, if I was, like, thinking about when to wear my Tyus Bowser jersey, do you think, like, week five... Maybe it would be a good week for that. And he was like, yeah, that sounds like a good week for that. I'm like, all right, so like week five maybe is the week that we do. He's like, yeah. So that's what we're planning Against on. But Steelers. It, but it, definitely want to yeah, show right?
4: your Tyus Bowser support that week. But
0: at least one more week without Tyus Bowser. We don't know about Adafe Owe. We now don't know about David Ajabo. They had a bind. Mm, yeah. So yeah. Kyle Van Noy comes in for a visit and might have to play on Sunday, which ain't great, but that's where we are. Kyle Van Noy in for a visit. Uh, it's the second time he's been in for a visit with the Baltimore Ravens. You don't trust
4: uh, Jeremiah Moon. And... I, I,
0: it couldn't even be Malik Ham because Malik Ham's yeah. got to be on IR for another week too, right? Um, Kyle Van Noy. <laughs> anyway, I mean, like, look, Jeremiah Moon's probably gonna have to play too. That's uh, hopefully a. not even supposed to be here today. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh. little gonna... ham, little ham fisted. Yeah, yeah. little ham fist. I'll get better at it. You'll get better. We got to work on that for everything that we're doing. (laughs) Yeah. We got to work on, you know, especially with the soundboard. I would say, like, it's not something we've prioritized in the past. But I do like that evolution of a show Mm -hmm. that you can add in. Because then people start, like, when you walk around town. Whenever you do a show where, like, sounds are, you'll be walking around town and somebody will start yelling the sound at you because they just love it a lot. So I would like to get this show to that point. But, you know, we got a lot of moving pieces. I understand it's difficult. All right, so Kyle Van Noy comes in for a visit. Anything else we didn't talk about? Uh, I think that was. I mean, I, I, the Bengals did get on in the wing column last night. I, I I don't know. I really don't know. It wasn't overly impressive. Their defense was much better than, you know, anything else was. I I was stunned at the Rams clock. Like every time you think that your team
4: can't manage a clock, two two out first touchdown should have counted.
0: Just because it was cool?
4: Well, yes, and also <laughs> I, I mean, it was... Oh, well, th- right, but match, it so
0: it shouldn't have actually counted. Proctor had 2-2 at well, too. To. Well, you got the one I, touchdown later, didn't you?
4: He, um, didn't he yeah, have a touchdown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a yeah. touchdown later, but I needed both.
0: Oh, you needed two. I needed both. So Proctor had at Which well. I
4: beat John... In our league, I beat John Proctor oh. By, oh, by, about a half, by about a point and a half, I think. Right, I said well. I needed Devontae Smith to get five and a half points. He got six. Phew. Thank goodness. Jeez.
0: So apparently Proctor had Atwell in another league because mm-hmm. we're at trivia last night. And he looks up and he's like, yes. <laughs> and then I turn around and I'm like, are we sure that was a touchdown? And he's, we're watching it and like, we're not paying attention at all to trivia at that moment. Uh, not a lot of sports last night. In we finished in third. Oh, God, the final question sucked. It wasn't politics for you. Uh, I did get a politics one and I have looked into this. It was, uh, it was about who, Wales and No, it was who are the two who are the two candidates that Richard Nixon defeated in the sixty eight and seventy two elections. And one I knew it was Hubert Humphrey, but it still took me a minute to get to Hubert Humphrey. The other one I just said, I don't know, guess McGovern and it happened to be McGovern. Well so done. I well we done. stumbled into that one. Um we had a so-so night, but the two things were the sports one, which was also worded terribly. The sports one was of all of the quarterbacks who played in the NFL last week who has the most career passing yards.
4: So essentially. And, and
0: like they were trying to say week two because it was like it read like last weekend. So it read like they were talking about this week. So then we're sitting there like we'll just. This- does the guys that play on Monday night count? Or uh, what they were trying to say was week two. Of everyone who played in week two. So they were just trying to figure out a way to rule out Aaron Rodgers. So that's why they didn't say this season. Gotcha.
4: Or active, I guess.
0: Right. Like mm-hmm. of anyone who played in week two who had the most career passing yards.
4: I feel like Kirk Cousins is up there. And you just want number one. I just want you to you can
0: only we you get to guess one name and wager how many points you think it is.
4: Uh man. So, more or less active guys. Most career passing yards. I know Mahomes.
0: Everyone who started in week two.
4: Yeah. Everyone who started in week two. Um, well, I, I, I must be Russell Wilson.
0: That would have been a good guess, and it was one of the names we had on the table, but it's certainly not the correct answer.
4: Certainly not the correct answer. And the answer. Re- only
0: reason why it was on the table is because we didn't know, based on the wording of the question, if last night's game c- counted. Because gotcha. the obvious answer
4: is oh Matt Stafford. Matt
0: Stafford, mm-hmm. of course, is the answer. And as soon as we knew that that wasn't the issue, then of course it we turned to Matt Stafford. Hundred percent is well, the correct good job. answer. job. And
4: you wagered a million.
0: Uh, you're only allowed to wager up to five. No. Um, well. and it's based on like if you've already used your five, then you can wager four. If you've already used your four, you can use your three. It's like the one, two. There's five questions. Wager one, two, three, four, and gotcha. five. Of it. Then the final question sucked. Uh, on the on the 100th anniversary of Time Magazine in 2020, they did a ranking of the 10 figures that have appeared on the cover the most. And only one of them was not a U.S. citizen.
4: Gandhi. Not Gandhi. Darn it. Was, wasn't our guess. Only one of them was not, not a, a U.S. US citizen. citizen. Go USA. Yeah,
0: top 10 most covers in Time Magazine history.
4: Is it an athlete? I'm not gonna
0: tell you who. Okay.
4: On time? I guess not.
0: You don't get that information when you when you make a guess. I would guess
4: like Ronaldo or something. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm so I'm so USA based, you know. I,
0: do you know what Time Magazine is? Yeah. Okay. Well, what types of people do you think would be on the cover of Time Magazine? World leaders. Mother Teresa. So I mean, Mother Teresa. It was on our sh- our list. Yeah. I, we ruled it out pretty quickly. Yeah. It uh, was on our list.
4: Who else would be on that list? Uh, pff, not a U.S. citizen. I don't know. Uh, oh, I forgot. I know. Is I don't a have. Really, God. I don't I don't, have, I don't remind have me to not here. invite you out for trivia. Anytime. Well, yeah, it's, not a, I, what, it's not helpful. You gonna can't be even, able to help with the Time Magazine question. Well,
0: I mean, it, this one's not a hard one to at least put some names down on a piece of paper, like. Winston Churchill.
4: Winston Churchill would probably
0: be a pretty good one to put down as like Stalin an, a, a wasn't on there. Stalin would be a good one to write down. But he wasn't on. There, Even yeah. Putin would be one to put on the list. Frankly, Genghis
4: Khan. No, not, we, Genghis, we, not in the last hundred years. No.
0: We know that. Uh, we know that he was named Man of the Year once. Hitler would be one to put on the list, right? Like we wrote all these he names. We wrote down. He was. That was because they said it wasn't an honor. honor. It was just a reflection on his significance to
4: the year. To okay.
0: the year um but we wrote those names we wrote down queen elizabeth we wrote down what she do princess diana mm.
4: seemed like a pretty good one and ultimately we what, decided to multiple times what's that? that it's multiple times right that someone would have, had to have appeared on the yes on the magazine yes you would yeah. have
0: appeared multiple times
4: all right then i'm just going to go i like your first answer churchill
0: churchill and we were between churchill elizabeth and diana then we were reminded that churchill was given honorary us citizenship Mm. so we took him off the list, and I believe Mother Teresa was as well. So
4: Maybe Oppenheimer? No, he's a, he's a U.S. citizen.
0: Uh, yeah, a U.S. Is citizen. Albert Einstein a U.S. Citizen? Albert Einstein was not a U.S. citizen, uh, and we, we only know. knew the Churchill the thing because we had a question a couple years ago about the two people that were given honorary U.S. citizenship, and we guessed Einstein when it was Churchill, <sighs> so we screwed that up. So Einstein would have been an okay, option, well, see, 100%. You have a lot more trivia experience, Einstein obviously. would have been, seen all the questions. Einstein would have been an option. The answer sucked. It was a trick question for a final at trivia, which is bull s.
4: So they were actually were like a U.S. citizen, or they lost U.S. citizenship, or something.
0: The answer was Jesus. <laughs>
4: <laughs> ah, duh.
0: Thankfully, as we committed to our answer, we said, "What do we wager in here?" And we decided to wager zero. Uh. And so we bumped up from fifth place to third place.
4: Cuz everybody else guessed what were everybody else? else? Well, so what did you guess? You guessed Church? No. We guessed uh, Princess Diana. Oh, okay. Yeah. And what did what did other ta- Church?
0: I mean all the all the things a lot of Queen Elizabeth's, uh Churchill, like those types of things. I mean all the guys, all the the names that we had named. No Khan. I don't think anybody named Ga- or or Chairman Mao. I don't <laughs> think it was a popular answer. Mao Zedong. Um like I it was it was a lot of the, the folks that we had named, and they were like us. They were wrong, and no one got it correct because it was a trick question, which is nonsense. Should have known it was Jesus, utter obviously. nonsense. All right, uh, tidbit is brought to you today. Oh, uh, did I say this? was there anything else from trivia last night that I wanted to get in? I don't think so. Tidbit is brought to you today by the print issue of PressBox, which is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms out of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. Great cover story from Bo Smolka all about Lamar Jackson and the contract era. Go pick it up today. What you got?
4: Blake Snell has a 1.2 ERA during his current streak of 23 straight starts, allowing three earned runs or fewer. The only pitcher in the last 100 years to have a lower ERA in a 23-start span uh, of a single season. This is excluding relief appearances. Uh, as uh, Do you want to try to guess? Nine, three, he was the 1968 Cy Young uh, winner. 1968
0: Cy Young winner?
4: of. Do I give you the league? Yeah, He won a Cy Young in 68. As a reliever? No, no, not as a reliever. I'm like, what? Are... Not as a reliever. And he so had so 23, read, the, read the thing again. 23 straight starts uh-huh. uh, with an ERA lower than 1.2. So then how
0: did Blake Snell come into play?
4: Because he's doing, he's currently on this streak.
0: But he's not start. Oh God, I'm sorry. I, you know what I, you know what just happened in my brain? What? I made Blake Snell Josh Hader. Oh, that's what happened. I'm not even kidding. They oh my God, kind
4: of works. Yeah. No, but Padres, you know why it teams. was because
0: we talked about the two of them together so much.
4: Oh yeah.
0: My brain just turned Blake Snell into Josh Hader.
4: So if I had said Josh Hader, you would have thought I was talking about Blake Snell as well? I don't know. I don't
0: know what my brain would have done with that. But in my... like, Because, remember, we talked so frequently about the idea of the Orioles acquiring the two of them. Like, I suddenly made them one person. It's the damnedest thing.
4: All right. About to think they're both on the Orioles. 68. 68. Not Palmer. No, not Palmer. Was that
0: the year that Denny McClain won both uh, Cy Young and
4: MVP? Mm, Maybe it was. He he is not the answer to this question. But... Sandy Koufax Not Sandy Uh, 68 68
0: 68 Tom Seaver No he was 69 Not
4: Tom Seaver Bob Gibson, Bob Gibson. Okay. In fact, had a 23, stri- uh, That's a 23 pretty, start straight. Pretty good comparison. No 8, five ERA. Are the Padres still technically alive? Um, I think they need to. They needed like seventeen things to go their way. Well, I understand that, sure. but they're
0: still technically
4: alive. <laughs> there, yeah, you're telling you there's you're a chance. Telling, telling me
0: there's a chance. Exactly
4: right. Uh, just want to find out exactly what they're. Uh, yeah, their elimination number is down to one. Ah. They are five and a half back of the Cubbies. Man. We play the Braves tonight, so. Well, okay. They, they may have, but they have to win out. So maybe they could. Josh Allen uh, threw an interception over uh, or against the Commanders. You uh, still not had consecutive starts. Well, I didn't
0: realize how many teams are still alive. The Giants are still alive. Yeah,
4: they're a wild card. Well, the Giants are in a similar boat. They're a half. Right, I ahead. get it.
0: I get it. But they're still alive. Like I didn't realize how many teams are still alive. I understand that. Like Miami is really the only other team that could.
4: Since, yeah. It's some it would take
0: bizarre world stuff for Cincinnati at this point. Like Miami's the only team that could rock the Apple card over there, whereas obviously in so the, the, the American Phillies can
4: still miss somehow? Wow. Yeah, I guess they can. Yeah. Oh, that would take that it, again, would take. Again, it would take the Padres to win out and yeah. everybody else to lose out. Yeah, that yeah. would take something extraordinary. Um, Josh Allen threw an interception on Sunday. He has not had consecutive starts without a giveaway since 2020 in weeks 15 and 16. Josh Allen, the turnover prone, but the Bills still win, so maybe not as big of a deal as uh, we can make that up to be. The Dolphins did score 10 touchdowns uh, in week 3. That was more than every NFL team, except for one, has scored this season. 10 touchdowns on Sunday alone is the most... Of uh, there's t- w- only one other team has scored ten touchdowns in a single game in, in no 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 in uh, this se- like this season through three games oh my god
0: there's only other one team that scored ten, 10 touchdowns. touchdowns okay Dolphins, I'm sorry
4: yeah. I was trying to word it the best way right the, what team the is 49ers that? not the 49ers
0: I guess they might have nine because they twenty thirty points yeah, would, be 21 would be twenty th- one would be twenty one and three field goals so that would be nine five touchdowns. teams with
4: nine and one team with ten touchdowns one and then the Dolphins have seventeen total
0: ten one team with 10 who am i blanking on that would have 10
4: it's like surprising because of their record but like not surprising once you think, think about, about what team it is man this
0: is actually difficult now yeah. what team has 10 i don't know god 10
4: uh arizona no not arizona Arizona has six touchdowns. Houston? No, not they Houston. They've scored a ton of points it, this weekend. Like, they're still – everyone thinks of them still as well, I guess. The Chargers? The Chargers. Yeah, yes. they've
0: been good offensively. They just yeah. haven't. That's a yeah. good point.
4: Chargers All have right. ten that does, touchdowns. You
0: actually described it fairly well. Yeah.
4: Uh, and then with nine, Buffalo, Kansas City, Green Bay, San Francisco, and Minnesota have nine touchdowns, while the Dolphins have 17 on the season. Okay, Keenan Allen now has the most receptions in a game by a player to also throw a passing touchdown. After uh, getting 18 catches and then throwing a touchdown to... Who did he throw the touchdown? Was I don't that Ballmer? No, or Gerald Everett, maybe? Yeah, I, I think know. it was Everett. Okay. Um, uh, So the previous record was... Mohamed uh, Sanu. No, it was not Mo Sanu. The he did that record, a lot. Yeah. 12, two guys had 12 receptions in a game. Julian Edelman? Not Julian Edelman. One was a running back. One was a... Uh, Ronnie Brown? Not Ronnie Brown. This the one was the one the running back with twelve receptions was a little was pretty recent. Uh,
0: running back who threw a touchdown pass. Oh man. You're asking me to remember yeah. some really specific things, dude.
4: Uh all right, you're gonna have to uh help me. A, he's on your favorite team. It's on my
0: fa- Khalil Herbert?
4: No, not Khalil Herbert. Close.
0: I don't even remember who else the running back it's not Roshon Johnson. Not
4: Roshan, not current, not current bears running back, oh. but Matt Forte. Not Matt Forte. A little more recent than Forte. God. Montgomery. <laughs> uh, not Montgomery. I guess I got to give it to just you. Just tell Tariq me. Tariq Cohen. Uh, okay. 12 receptions right, in a game right. where he threw a touchdown He did a catch a lot of passes, I guess. That and then makes this sense. 49ers receiver also had 12 catches in a game that he threw a touchdown pass. Debo. Not Debo. Old, old, uh, older. T.O. <laughs> not T.O. That's a good guess. Before Jerry T. Rice. Jerry Rice. Right. 12 catches and he's, a touchdown pass. Which Raven has the most. Receptions. And I guess we can end it there because I had a longer time. This is painful, exhibit, yeah. bro. What's Raven? is tied for sixth uh, all time for most receptions in a game with a touchdown pass with eight.
0: I don't remember who else threw touchdown passes. It was a running back. Willis McGahee, not Willis McGahee. Ray Rice. Ray Rice. I don't remember him throwing. 2011. A th- I'm sure it did. I just don't remember it. For in some Seattle. That's funny. I was still really covering the team <laughs> yeah. at that point too.
4: 2011 instance that lost to Seattle. 2011. I believe
0: you. I just don't remember. <laughs> Do you remember it? who
4: it was that he threw it? No, called? not a. Uh, Ed. Oh. oh, Ed Dixon. Ed Dixon. Okay. Yes. How about that? Uh, over the
0: weekend, uh, someone moved into the 9,000 career receiving yards.
4: Do you remember who it was? Well, well, since it was he played the, last night, I, I was, was going to guess Mike I said Evans. Over but, the, I said over the weekend, yeah.
0: six active players in the NFL have 9,000 or more receiving yards for their career.
4: Keenan Allen? Keenan Allen
0: is number five, 9,689.
4: 9,000 receiving yards, and Mike mm-hmm. Evans is not on the list. Mike Evans is number two, yes, number two,
0: 10,722. He's number two.
4: Long time... Old wide mm. receivers we're talking about mm. is Julio Jones still active?
0: He is not still active. Okay. Though.
4: Hmm. Hmm. DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre
0: Hopkins is number one. Eleven thousand four hundred
4: fifty-one. Looking for the top six, you say? Yep.
0: You have three of them,
4: and, and one of them. One crossed of them the did threshold. it this weekend. Okay. Yes. Huh? Who did it this weekend? Mm. Just mm. going to start running over Who team it? by team. Mm, Amari Cooper?
0: Amari Cooper is at is probably going to get there this season. Well, might get there this season, but he's not on the list. 8,479. Uh. He's 10th uh, most among active players.
4: Amari Cooper is not on the list. Mm-hmm. Is Odell Beckham on the
0: list? Odell Beckham is at 7,433, uh. 13th most among active players.
4: Hmm. 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 Who else would be on this list? Hmm. Devonte it. Adams.
0: Devontae Adams is number 4, 9959, so he will about to about to hit 10,000.
4: Yeah, that's Yeah, Tyler Lockett he's not on the list.
0: Tyler Lockett is number 16 at
4: 7203. Right. Let's see. Let's see here. Uh it's n- not definitely not not Brandon Cooks definitely Brandon Cooks
0: is closer than you realize Brandon oh. Cooks is number 8 on the list wow. 8655
4: not Brandon Cooks go with uh no I mean all these guys are so young cuz AJ Brown I mean AJ Brown will get there one day
0: AJ Brown I do not see him but they're they're I mean
4: they're both yeah, very they're J. both J. very Brown young, young.
0: 4730 number
4: 32 <laughs> 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 he is on the list um Oh, man, 9000. One of yards. these you should be
0: kicking yourself over. The Probably. other one is because you missed the part where I said players with oh, 9000 receiving yards. Eckler. No. Not Eckler.
4: 9000 oh, receiving uh, yards. Eckler would be on this list. Yeah. <laughs> um Eckler is
0: number 50, 3495. Wow
4: players. Oh, oh, Travis Kelsey. Travis
0: Kelsey, of course, is number three. 10,439 yards. And you're missing the person who crossed the threshold this weekend. Probably one that you should kick kick yourself over.
4: Who crossed this stat this this threshold? 9,000 receiving yards in their career had to be...
0: Probably speaks to how truly, somehow, underappreciated this player has been throughout their career.
4: I said Keenan Allen. You did say Keenan Allen, who I
0: would also argue is underappreciated.
4: Um... Thielen, Adam Thielen, not
0: Adam Thielen. Yeah. Adam. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh God, that when you when you realize who it is, six thousand eight hundred ninety-three yards mm. for Adam Thielen,
4: underappreciated guy. Uh huh. And he must be Despite on... being a
0: mega superstar.
4: He's a mega superstar. He's a mega star. <laughs> who am I forgetting here? I... At what conference? AFC. AFC wide receiver. Yes. Um, mega superstar in the. Oh. Give God. me a second. Give me a second. Give me a second. Oh, Give God. me a second. Give me a second. I said the Andre Hopkins. Uh huh. And I am uh, not gonna be a Colt. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um I'm trying it's to go team bad, by team man. here. Um uh Stephon Diggs. Stefan Diggs. Stephon somehow. Diggs. Of course, Crossed the Stephon threshold Diggs. this
0: weekend, 9,991, or 9,091 yards for his career now.
4: Stephon Congratulations, to Diggs. Former Turp. All right,
0: uh, <laughs> be, that was bad. Tidbit was also brought to yeah, you today by your should. local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Tubular is brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. Looking forward to October 28th at the Public Safety Building, 700 East Jopper Road in Towson. Going to be a great day, trunk-or-treat event for the kids, just a nice safe event for kids to get their costumes on and go get candy. Plus, if you've been thinking about joining the Baltimore County Police Department or just even have questions about opportunities that might exist, Not only can you show up and ask questions, but if you decide that it's the moment, you can do it all right there on the spot. Agility test, written test, application process. Perfect day if you just want to have some touch with the uh, community and the Baltimore County Police Department. 410-887-4584 is the phone number to call. You can find out more. Join BaltimoreCountyPD.com. All right, Orioles National Short Series opens up tonight in Baltimore. Josiah Gray on the mound for the Nats. Kyle Bradish for the Birds. 6.30 6.30 on Masson for the Orioles broadcast, Masson 2 for the Nationals. MLB Network, Dodgers, Rockies at 3, Rangers, Angels at 9.30, TBS, Cubs, Braves, 7.20, Astros, Mariners at 10. Uh, WNBA playoffs continue tonight on ESPN. Sun Liberty game 2 at 8, Wings, Aces game 2 at 10, preseason hockey, and then uh, the USA Network for WWE NXT tonight at 8. Some non-sports highlights? So
4: there's like three or four weeks of preseason hockey? I
0: get. I don't know, Griffin. Wow. It just started on Saturday, so I don't, you
4: know... Stuff is slowly coming. I mean, the season
0: goes for <laughs> eleven
4: months. Like new episode of Welcome to Wrexham tonight on FX, uh, God, I don't if you all have not
0: seen the episode about Paul Mullins son of Welcome to Wrexham, holy F, it's the best television I've seen in a very long time. Hmm. It's incredible.
4: Is that one you can just pick up right can in you the just middle of it? Pick up
0: like, Wrexham? I feel like you'd be well served to watch it from right. I think you'd be capable of watching, but I feel dude Wrexham is so good. Um, it's worth investing time with Wrexham. It's gotcha. it's just like it's it's so much different. It's funny because you're gonna make the comparison to Ted Lasso. It's heartwarming. It's it's special, man. It's a special television program.
4: Uh, Dancing with the Stars season 32 on ABC tonight. As they're they're trying to push all these reality shows now. They don't have to, fortunately, as everything right. should be coming right. back. Lele Pons, Jamie Lynn Spears on Dancing with the Stars. Adrian Peterson. Okay. On this season of uh, Dancing with the Stars. Sure. Uh, what else? Savior Complex uh, is a new like, quick docu-series on HBO. It's about Renee Bach who went to Uganda to try to treat a bunch of you know, n- malnourished Ugandan children okay. and ended up not doing that because she is not medically uh, certified to do this at all. And it became a big thing where people were like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. And it kind of dives into that, I guess, white savior complex Ugh. is the point of this. It's on oh. HBO at 9 o'clock. I know that I want to watch that. New episode of Only Murders and uh, the penultimate episode of Ahsoka, as well as Only Murders okay. for their respective seasons. All right. probably, probably time for
0: me to start getting into Only Murders. Yeah. This is a tough time of year for me to make more time for TV. I should have thought about that in the summer.
4: Tuesdays and, well, I guess, yeah, Tuesdays you got ties. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's a tough time. Yeah.
0: Tough time. All right. Uh, Tubular was also brought to you today by Superbook. Again, the code is clark 23 Superbook.com or the Superbook app. Use it, you get a same-day first bet match up to $250, win or lose, and Glenn Clark 23 is the code. Thanks to uh, Josh Charles, thanks to Joe Serpico, and thanks to John Mioli. We get all that up in the greatest hits section of the Oh my God,
4: it's so good! Tab
0: at GlennClarkRadio.com. Cal Ripken Jr. joins us on the program tomorrow. Looking forward to that, as always. Uh, Jeff Newman from the Maryland Five Star will be checking in with us and previewing uh, the event, which we're only a few weeks away from at this point now. I guess Drew, maybe. Mm, maybe.
4: maybe. We'll see.
0: Of all the weeks that right. it wouldn't be the end of the world if Drew couldn't make it, this would be very high on the list of weeks <laughs> that would be just... Although he certainly wants to talk about the stupid Ryder Cup.
4: Oh, oh yeah, oh you're right. God. All
0: right, uh, so that's know. tomorrow on GCR. Anything else? Uh, stuff and things. Killing it. Yeah. Killing well,
4: it. Well...
0: Yeah. Yeah. What does that mean? Well,
4: no, yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah. Okay. Stuff and things.
0: You made it seem like you are about to tell me some good news. Though, yeah, right? no, I know.
4: I don't know why, why I said oh, that.
0: Good. Even more <laughs> deflating. Thanks, everybody, at PressBox. All of our great sponsors and partners. Live Casino and Hotel, the Maryland Five Star, A.J. Michaels, the Baltimore County Police Department, Royal Farms, Costa Sin Superbook Sports, Dorchester County, the Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, Easy Pass MD, Hartford County, your local Toyota dealer, BuyAToyota.com. at Toyota.com. Tyus Bowser Show Tonight. Join us at Guilford Hall Brewery and Station North with Tyus and Michael Pierce. We'll see you at 7. Have a great Tuesday night. Oh, thanks to uh, Griffin at Griffin underscore bass. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Have a great Tuesday evening. Go, birds. Duke sucks.